Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grump, how are you doing this evening? We are going live on Saturday evening after the Islanders lost earlier on the day, uh, 5-3 to three against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, yeah, and... From last time we spoke, we got throttled by the Rangers and then killed by the Sabres today. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's uh, we'll, 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 we'll take a deep dive into that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of looking at other things at the moment. <laughs> I got the envelope. Whenever you want me to open it, I'll open did it. You, did you, let me ask you this. Now with that envelope, did you just go ahead and whip it up? You, I, I thought I saw you writing and scribbling something on the sheet on, on the envelope earlier on, Grumpy. I thought I saw you in the pregame or in the uh, the pre-show uh, the pre-show studio, Grumpy. I saw you scribbling something. Were you creating that envelope? Is that what you were doing? No, but you believe whatever you want. I don't care. I'm just giving you a hard time. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome. This is a twice a week Islanders podcast that happens every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also go live during Islander games, as long as the Islander game is not on a Thursday and a Sunday. We'll cover the game live. The only reason, oddly enough, you might say, oh, why, why Thursdays and why Sundays? Why don't you go live those days? Uh, we do have another podcast. It's a general sports podcast. It's a little bit more free wielding. It's kind of, you know, I'd say a little bit more off the cuff, um, not as scheduled and regimented as we kind of prepare this podcast. So it's a little bit more fun. I'd say that happens every Thursday and Sunday. It's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. You could find that in the link in the description below. You can also find that as a featured page on our YouTube channel right here. So you're able to see that TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. So as the season starts rolling down right we're the, the islanders podcast for those of you who are new listeners your first season listening to us we don't disappear in the offseason we still talk islanders hockey obviously in the offseason there's not as much to talk about so you know it's more of a we do more at bringing guests on and we do more of hey deep thought provoking items and uh but it's great time to check out tj and the grumpy old man we're going to be going live sunday which is tomorrow 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Thursday, we're going to be covering the NFL draft. I can't wait. Oh, man, I tell you. It's going to be fun. Off-season, the team-building aspect in every sport is my favorite time of the year because it's almost like fantasy sports, you know? Yes, yes, and yes. Then, you, then you see how it turns out during the season, but yeah. 
I was about to say, we cover, I mean, we cover everything on that podcast from talking MLB, NHL, NFL, soccer, fan fights. I mean, yesterday, last time, I mean, we know we covered the Mike Tyson beating that punk up on the plane. We cover it. We cover it all. So <laughs> we cover everything on that show. We cover the NBA also occasionally. Yep, The NBA as well. College athletics. So we just cover everything fun and anything that brings a chuckle to my face or somebody else's face. We'll cover it there on that show. We don't have to feel as regimented to talk just Islanders hockey like we do on this show. But enough of the plugging of our second podcast in this podcast well hold on if you're new to the show also make sure you subscribe on youtube like on facebook and follow on twitter again if you like the content make sure you leave a thumbs up as well um but grump today's game you know Islanders didn't look great they didn't look great against the rangers either um the season's over right and yeah, we're looking for items. What are we watching for this last week of the year, right? You certainly don't watch because there's an entertainment value all the way through. We I don't think we've played very entertaining hockey as of recent. I thought we were dominated by the Rangers, and I think for the most part, Buffalo carried action against us today. They played extremely well. They're a little bit hot right now. They are. Uh, you, you know, they're only right now seven points behind us. Mm-hmm. They're not going to catch us. I think they only have two games left. No. Um, but they'll probably be, I guess, then within, what, three points of us when the season's over if they uh, win the next two games? I'm I don't not, see us win another game this year. I'm not, here's, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it'll be that bad. But it, here are the pluses on this, right? I honestly hope we lose every single game the rest of this year. I know that there's always a fans who are like, I'm an Islander fan, so I'm going to root for the Islanders to win every single point humanly possible because I like seeing the Islanders win, and I do not like seeing them lose. I understand that. I really do. We're at a spot where we can't make the playoffs, right? We could jump. We could technically move over the Winnipeg Jets depending on how we play the rest of the season. We have four games left, right? We're only one point um, behind the Winnipeg Jets, so technically, right, we could lose a draft spot if we were to, you know, Or we can move up a draft spot, which wouldn't be great. But, you know, depending on how we played, we haven't played well as of late. I think that, you know, maybe Columbus could jump over us. And I think there'd be no chance that Anaheim jumps over us. We'd have to lose every game in regulation. They'd have to about win every single game. Probably not happening. But realistically, right, we're sitting at 13th before the draft lottery, depending on how the Islanders play the rest of the season. Technically, they could move up to 14th, or if they play poorly like they has of, has of, have as of recently, they can move to 12th. Yeah. Um, long story short, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I don't care if we win any of these games the end of the year. What's been distressing to me is that the veterans have just kind of said, we're done. We're mailing it in. Well, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about the comments that Matt Barzal made in uh, in post game today, but there were some pluses to look at in today's game. As shocking as that may sound, I know Buffalo really took it to us. I know I feel bad for Sorokin. Right today, I feel bad for Sorokin because he was left high and dry. How many occasions? To me, it looked, and everyone knows I'm a big Ilya Sorokin guy. Um, he looked like he wasn't set. He was like a second slow, and I think maybe it's attributed to the fact that Buffalo is just shooting the puck. We're getting it. They're shooting it at, uh, you know, we're getting it, and they're kind of shooting it where they're not expecting. The Islanders weren't expecting it, including Sorokin, and I think that hurt the Islanders. Um, Buffalo is just, we're shooting it from every angle. Whenever we get it, we're shooting, and I thought he was caught in between a couple of times. 
I didn't think he was great today, Sorokin, mm. where if he was a little bit pro, more proactive, he could have made a couple of saves. Uh, I thought Noah Dobson played well today, particularly offensively. Um, I thought Zdeno Chara really came to play today. Um, other than that, and I thought the kid line looked okay at times. Uh, they generated um, uh, they generated the second goal, uh, but I thought that they came out with some energy today. Other than that, I thought we were nondescript offensively the whole game. Yeah, and again, like when we look at, there were certain spots. I think Bellows has played well the last few games. I think he's played well. And you talk about guys who are hungry, guys who have fire in their belly. I think Otto Koivula has played well, as well as the Wallstrom. I think the kid line played well today. You look at the, and again, I'm not a guy who looks at, you know, the the advanced analytics and says, oh, the Corsi numbers look great for those. But, you know, the numbers did look good on that. And again, I saw it. So I was like, okay, it fits my narrative. I saw it with my eyes that they look good. And also the numbers back that up as well. I mean, when you look at Noah Dobson today, Grump, I mean, he did you see that goal, that nice backhanded shot? I mean, he skates and walks right around the Buffalo defender. And again, he's got he just one on one on two defensemen. He's able to go ahead and he's able to, to round the bend around that defenseman. And he has a backhanded opportunity. He puts a top shelf and he scores for the honors. And I think to myself, he's the only defenseman on our team that has the ability or <laughs> to do anything like that and you talk about his emergence and his ability to continue to bloom into the defenseman that he's going to be again those are items that make me excited about the future he's a guy that i think he could be a bona fide you know top 15 top 20 defenseman in the nhl uh aho i thought i think has that ability also he's nowhere near the has the defensive capabilities of dobson but he also has that ability um i tell you one thing that uh I find that when we do the live streams, I don't get to listen to the Islander po- the Islander broadcast team to see what they're saying about the players. And I'm glad, honestly, because it's still the same old, same old from Butch and the team. Maybe they haven't gotten the memo that the season's over and maybe you don't need to rip the young guys anymore, but he was certainly doing that today. Uh, and we'll bring a couple of those things up during the season. So I, I don't miss that, to be honest with you. During, during the podcast, that's correct. Yeah. We'll cover that today. But- and also on this one goal that we're going to be showing right here, I think if uh, Tokarski just comes out a little bit, Dobson doesn't score that. I thought he needed to be a little bit pro- more proactive in net on this particular play. Yeah, but, you know, I, sure, you know, goalie didn't play fantastic, but I'm not taking anything away from this opportunity and this rush right here. I mean, look at this. Just rounds the bend. Nice speed. Oop. Honestly, yeah, Tokarski should have done a little better there, but he was caught kind of in an odd, an odd, odd position there. Fitzgerald, he just walks right around him. And I mean, that's that's a hell of a shot. A great job yeah. driving the net. I mean, that was, and it wasn't like he just took it from the blue line. He took that from pretty much end to end, and it's just all no adoption. No help and, from teammates. No help from anybody else. No forward help. Just no adoption. And like I said, it was excellent. But the slap pass that he made to Barzal for the first goal of the game for the Islanders was also special. We we've got that too, Grumpy. But I, I figured you would have talked at least a little bit more about that. But don't don't worry. If you don't want to talk about, it, we'll move on to the slap pass because it was great vision, right? We're talking about the growth of of Noah Dobson. It's been there, and he's a guy who's taken a quantum leap the second half of the season. You know, about over 100 games of NHL experience in, even at the young age of, what is he, 22 years old? And he's taken a quantum leap this year. I mean, we'll go ahead and put this larger scale. But I, I'll tell you, Grump, I, I was I was 
impressed with this. And it's not the first time that he's had a heads up play like this, or he's able to, you know, kind of fake out and Tukarski's completely out of position, has no idea where the puck is. And the defenders are kind of out of sorts as well, because it's a great job by Dobson. They're expecting a shot and he finds the open map Barzal, who has about enough time to sit there, read the morning paper, drink a cup of coffee and put the puck in the net. Yeah. As, as good as Buffalo is offensively at this point in time, I think they had that, uh, you know, six-year-old soccer mentality where they all just kind of chased the ball, and they kind of did that. They were just kind of chasing the puck and uh, just totally left. Look at him. The guy supposed to be marking over there never did. He's staring over there at Dobson as opposed to marking Barzell, and that's what leads to the goal. I mean, Barzell had time to receive the pass, line it up, shoot it. And it wasn't, it wasn't, trust me, it wasn't a great shot by Matt no. Barcel by any stretch no. of the imagination. If Takarski's anywhere close in position and he's not looking for the puck all over the place, that's one he probably saves. That's not a great shot by Matty B, but they all count the same. And here's the thing Barzell set up Palmieri earlier in this sequence, and Palmieri hits the post. That's worth $5 million. Um, and, you know, so he kind of, even though he gets the goal, he could have actually created an assist as well. I thought Barzell looked pretty good today, honestly. Yeah. And, you know, Barzell is frustrated. We've talked about, you know, how he's looked frustrated on the ice. And we'll talk about his post game comments here in a sec. But, you know, there's certain things I love. I love Noah Dobson. And I think to myself, that guy has got, he's earmarked where, again, as long as he continues improving on the defensive side of the puck. And again, we see the growth potential on the offensive side of the puck. He's scratching the surface. This is a guy that's got the ability to be, you know, a bona fide, hey, I'm the number one defenseman on the team. I'm, a, you know, a top 15, top 20 defenseman in the NHL when all is said and done in his prime. And why do they have to respect Dobson on that slap pass? Because Dobson doesn't necessarily have crazy speed when it comes down to these shots, but he's accurate and he does a good job of. He's a defenseman and also does a good job of putting these slap passes that are slightly off angle to where as a forward or somebody who's in front of the net has the ability to redirect. He's got the ability to throw it to a spot, and he's also got the ability to sneakily just throw it in the area, and he's not afraid to shoot the puck on net. And he does lead the Islanders in shots. So when you lead a team in shots, teams just can't slough off you like they do with certain players on our team who just refuse to shoot the puck. So that's why... Uh, you know, he's really successful at that. You want to know who's like maybe probably the best player at doing those slap passes? Henrik Sedin for the Canucks was fantastic doing that. Just fantastic. Mm. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he was good. I don't know what you want me to opine further on that. Um, but yeah, we're talking okay. Noah Dobson. Um, talking Noah Dobson, he's been a real bright spot of the team. I know Sorokin, again, you said you didn't think he had a great game today. I, I don't know. I, I'm not putting any blame on him. I think he's been spectacular here to the second half of the season. He's been spectacular this season. Um, what I don't want to have happen is a team comes out and continues to lay eggs in front of him defensively and in transition, and we're in a spot where it hurts his numbers. Because I seriously, I think he should be, you know, you talk about Vesna Trophy, right? He should be a guy who's top five in voting. I'm not sure if he'll be a finalist where he's top three, but I think he's a guy who should be top five. I thought he's had a really good season, and he's the wins are going to hurt him, but I think he's been, you know, one of those spots that you can build around a young guy who's in the prime of his career, 26 years old, who's a spectacular netminder. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, like I said, today he just, he looked a little off today. He looked like he wasn't ready. 
he wasn't ready for what Buffalo had. Maybe the lack of communication between the defensemen and the forward group hurt. I mean, that Buffalo just walked in, and it seemed like we were just backing up, backing up, backing up the whole game. Buffalo's quick. I mean that that I mean that plays a part into it, right, Grump? They're fast. I mean, they, they think about how many young, skilled players Buffalo has too. Right. I've always said we were talking about, hey, what do the Islanders need to do? You know, because we've looked at the teams around us, the composition of the teams around us. We think to ourselves, hey, you know, we're X amount of points out of a playoff spot at the end of the season. How are we going to A, make up those points or B, have a team in front of us lose those points in order to find ourselves in a playoff spot next year, right? Because it's all about making the playoffs. It's all about, hey, can we win a Stanley Cup with this older team that has, you know, the window, I would argue, is probably shut or close to shut. How, how is that the case? We look at Buffalo, right? They're a team that's got a lot of young pieces on it that you, you think to yourself, you're like, Alec Tuck, he's 25 years old. Tage Thompson, who <laughs> is a son of Brent Thompson, down our AHL coach, 24 years old, right? He's got 37 goals on this year. I mean, he was a trade. I think he was originally acquired via trade from St. Louis, and he wasn't yep. even the big portion of the trade, but at the time period, and they'd kind of written him off, and he's done a fantastic job. Casey Milstadt looked good against us today. I would say Rasmus Dahlin, right? He's only 20. People forget. He's only 21 years old. Owen Powers, right? He's 19 years old. Peyton Krebs is fantastic. I mean, he was acquired via trade from Vegas. He's 21 years old. Uh, Mateus Samuelson, 21 years old. Dylan Cousins, another one of his early picks. He's played well, 20 years old. I know we say management for Buffalo isn't great, and I don't think it is. I know we say, you know, the coaching isn't necessarily fantastic. They play better as of late. They've got a lot of young, talented pieces that are coming through that all look like, hey, I see potential. I see, you know, glimmers in them. And I say, these guys can actually live up to that potential. So when you've got a, a, a glut of these young, talented players, I think it's easier if you've got, you know, a young general manager or a young coach that's thinking, hey, I believe in my ability and talent. I, I could see what these players have to them. Uh, we can grow together as a unit, right? Obviously, it's about finding and identifying the right guy, but they've got a good young core and a good solid group of players that are there. And you think to yourself, they're not going to be at the point where they're a playoff contender next year, but two or three years, they're going to be a playoff contender, I'd argue. If they're not a playoff contender next year, how are we? You know what I'm saying? I think think we're going to make – here's the thing. I don't think Buffalo goes away this offseason and says, let's add pieces to make us a contender. I think Buffalo says, let's go ahead and add more veteran leadership to help these young players, to help the guys like your Peyton Krebs, to help the Owen Powers, to help your Rasmus Dolins. That's what they're looking for, right? They're looking for different items than we are. We're looking for guys that have immediate impact now. And again, maybe in their prime or past their prime. So, you know, the lifespan on those guys aren't long. Uh, You know, Buffalo's just saying – We've got young core that is improving. We're looking to go ahead and add some veteran leadership to teach these kids how to win. I think if that, if I was in Buffalo shoes, that's what I'd be looking at. Okay. They have potentially three number one picks. The only one that uh, is uh, maybe not Vegas this year because it's lottery protected. If they don't pick in the top 10, they have Vegas's pick for this year also. So, I mean, they could potentially have three first-round picks in a really deep draft. I mean – their salary is not crazy because they got a whole bunch of guys on entry level deals. I mean, I, I'm going to say it again. If they're not a contender for a playoff spot next year, I don't see how you can say we are. I really don't. 
young guys have more ups and downs from season to season and they have more of a ebbs and like the ebbs and flows of the season are more drastic for young players that's why they can get really hot and be unbelievably hot like magma hot and also when it gets cold they could be i'm in the freaking meat locker i'm in a freezer cold all right with a veteran group you're not supposed to have as much of the ups and downs because they've been through this 10 15 years depending on how long they've been in the league so you're not supposed to have as much of the crazy ups and downs on a roller coaster that's ideally right that's that's how it's supposed to ideally work we don't score we don't score so i mean so you i, I guess expect less scoring next year like i said we're an old team I also who would you rather be? Win. That, okay, who would I rather be yeah, going I'm going to tell you what. We asked this question. It'll be two off-seasons ago, and we got shredded by everyone. Listen, your Ranger fans, we said, who would you rather be talent-wise, the Rangers or the Islanders? And we said the Rangers. And we were attacked. I mean, attacked for that. We were proven right. Here's the next question. Who would you rather be talented-wise, Buffalo Talent or the Islanders? For me, it's Buffalo. Okay, no, it's not talent-wise. Why do you say that? Who would you rather be going forward, uh, talent-wise? Buffalo. What does that even mean? Buffalo. What, is, on, what does that even? Buffalo. What does that statement even mean? What does that question even mean? Who would I rather be talent-wise? Uh, the most talented who's, team doesn't always win. What you got? You got to be really specific with what you're asking. Whose roster talented. would you rather have? Buffalo or the Islanders for this year? I, I yeah, for the, oh, you want to say for this year? Sure. Well, hold on. What's the again, Grump? I need you to ask a specific question because I know I the question you Who want. You to ask, you're not asking it though. What? Who's a more talented team, Buffalo or the Islanders? I think the question you're trying to ask is going forward. Who would you rather be, the Buffalo Sabers or the New York Islanders? Is that I the question you're it. trying to ask? Because it—that's what it sounds like. But you're asking them in a weird way. I think. Okay, you can say whatever you want. Are you? Is that the question you're trying to ask? Who would you rather be going forward, the Buffalo Sabers or yes. the New York Islanders? Okay. Just like we asked for the Rangers two off seasons ago. Same thing. Going forward, right? You look at the roster composition. I think the Buffalo Sabers is again. It's all about. Do they have the right coach in place? Do they have the right general manager in place? Those items are going to be very crucial for them. But you look at the young players and a glut of young talent, you say, okay, they've got young players who aren't even up yet that you have to feel confident about. They have still a lot of holes to fill. So, you know, that, 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 you know, there's a lot of work still to be done in that area. The Islanders have pieces to build around, but they don't have the young group that the Buffalo Sabres do where it's a whole bunch of young players who could be entering or, you know, could be entering into the league around the same time. Right. I mean, the, the, the Islanders have guys like Matt Barzal when happy, when motivated, he's fantastic. The guys have young players like Noah Dobson who said, I'm bona fide. I'm going to be at, you know, at the peak of my career, top 15, top 20 defenseman in the NHL. They've got a guy who's going to be a Vesna, a Vesna finalist goaltender in Ilya Sorokin. They've got a lot of the pieces that are important to have as cornerstones of the team. Buffalo has a lot of pieces that can be cornerstones. We don't have anybody else outside of the players, I think, currently on the roster that could be a cornerstone in the system. Wow. I, I'm asking the same question we asked about the Rangers two off seasons ago when they were in the damn tank, just like Buffalo is now. The same question. I'm just putting Buffalo instead of the Rangers. It's Buffalo. It is Buffalo. Their team is absolutely loaded with young, talented players. Here's the caveat. The organization. 
can do they have the general manager who can get them the necessary pieces? I don't think their goaltending is that great. You can fix goaltending in an offseason. I love the development of this team. And I, what did I say a week ago? I said, it's not important how a veteran team plays down the stretch. I don't think you can build off of that. But for a young team, you can. Buffalo's won four in a row down the stretch. You listen to the coach. You see the life on the bench. That can carry over to next year on a young team. Not on a veteran team, but on a young team, it can. That's You literally just said, I literally said the same exact thing. I think the players and the personnel are better right now for the young group in Buffalo. I think our players are right are already kind of entering in there. We kind of know what we have. Buffalo has a whole bunch of question marks. They have certain players that you say, yes, that's it. But a lot more question marks on the Buffalo side, but positive, more upside than ours. But the front office is the issue. And you literally jumped all over me and said, well, I'm asking a simple question. You literally said the same thing I just you, said. You didn't even answer my question. Only, it was a yes. Who would you rather be, the Islanders or Buffalo, going forward? That's it. So, I mean, you, don't need to, you don't need to pontificate. Just tell me. Holy shit. I know you want to Buffalo ride that screws up. Buffalo screws up freaking management decisions left and right. And again, if the, same screw up happened, if the same screw ups happen and had the same exact lack of success, guess what? They're going to be right in the rebuild perpetually for years and years and years. It's about getting the right coach in place. Oh my God. Right they do that. I'd rather be Buffalo to answer your fucking question. Finally, finally, just spit it out. I oh. know you want to ride that freaking fence as long as you can. Why don't you ask some of the – who would you rather be talent-wise? Who would you rather be this year? Like, oh, Grumpy, why don't you ask – who would you rather be? I'm asking the, the same question. Year? Again, the same question we asked about the Rangers two off-seasons ago. I was proven right. Guess what? Why I'm do you think I was right on this one, too. Hold on. Why did you say I was proven right? We both said we'd rather – You're Mr. Fence Boy. Let's ride that fence. Because guess what? Here's another Holy thing. Shit. Because in two years, when Buffalo's uh, uh, contending for playoff spots and we're not, you're going to say, I'm going to say, well, you don't get credit because you're too busy riding the fence on this one. Dude, that's so pathetic. Grumpy. Here's another that's, one. Here, I'll ask little, one. I'll hold ask on, one stop, that you're not afraid stop, to answer. Stop, stop. That's so pathetic. I just gave you the situation, right? There's a lot of ifs, but you have to feel happy and confident for as a Buffalo fan. How many more ways do I have to explain that? I don't know. Here, I'll ask another question. Who would you rather be, Detroit or the Islanders? I'd rather be Detroit. There you go. That's Hold what on. we had to answer before. Here's, here's the difference. Detroit has a general manager in place. Buffalo still does it, man. That's my point. I don't know if they Detroit do or not. has the general manager in place. They've got the general manager. They've got the bona they got Stevie freaking Y. They've got the bona fide legitimate. I mean, Stevie Y is a top five, top ten general manager in all of hockey. I play, I take Stevie Y over at Lou Lamarillo any day of the week. Any day of the week. He built the Tampa team, and he's going to build this unbelievable franchise in this Detroit team. Mark my freaking words. I take Stevie Y over Lou Lamarillo any day of the week. Don't care how many general manager of the year awards Lou Lamarillo has won in consecutive years. I take Stevie Y as a general manager over, over Lou Lamarillo at this point. How far away is Buffalo from being a, contend, uh, a contender for a playoff spot? Two, three years. I just said that earlier. Really? I'll go with a goalie and two veteran defensemen, and they're ready to compete for a playoff spot. Veteran defensemen. To, young, to young a lot guys. of young players sometimes again go through huge ebbs and flows. It's tough to be successful if you go through a long losing streak, or it's like just like when it rains, it pours. It's tough to be successful. A lot of players on that team are young. That's all I'm saying. It's tough. You have to have a good mix. I, you know, like Detroit, right? At some points of this season, they look fantastic. Other times, they kind of struggled. Simple as I, that. 
I think the fact that Buffalo seems to me to have come out on the other side on this. They've always closed the year falling apart. This year, with the young core playing, they've, they're playing, uh, uh, I don't know if it's above their head, but they're playing to their maximum capacity right now. And here's the thing, Jeff Skinner. Everyone's been dumping on Jeff Skinner, right? Well, let me tell you something. Jeff Skinner's played really well this year for them. Maybe there were a couple of guys, Jack Eichel, that was a problem on the team, more than we knew. And then moving him, all of a sudden, the team feels, uh, you know, like they've been, you know, reinvigorated. Can you move the mic down a little bit? Just a tiny bit, I'm sure, but thank you. I mean, and you look at the finish, right, that, that Buffalo could have this year. Buffalo could have the best finish, you know, record-wise than they've had, in, I want to say, almost a handful of years. I'm going back through year by year, right? In 2018, 19, they had 76 points. Right now, they're at 73. Technically, right, if they win their last two games, they could finish more points. I mean, so you're looking at the last five or six years. They could have the best record of the pad in the last five or six years with a lot of these young players that are coming through. Getting the right general manager for them and head coach is unbelievably important. Well, so, I don't think you can complain with the job Adams has done as GM for getting the haul that he got for Jack Eichel and for the job that Don Granato has done in his first year as head coach. I mean, I, I think they've improved as the year's gone on. That's what you want on a young team. You don't you want a team that improves. And now they're playing their best hockey at the end of the year with all the young guys. I was impressed by their team speed today and their drive out there. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought they looked really good, better than they did earlier in the year. I don't know how we've deviated this away into a 15-minute long. Because I asked a simple question, and you couldn't give me a straight Why answer. Why are you anymore. asking me questions about the Buffalo Sabres on the Islanders podcast. Can you tell me that, Grom? Because I was comparing them to the Islanders. That's why. Why? Because that's They're what cheap. I do. I, I I throw out questions that people maybe want to hear. <laughs> As opposed to what, Grumpy? Questions that I ask that are not questions people want to hear? Pretty much. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I tell you. I tell you. Um, now, this is funny. and it, it's um, I couldn't tell you who sent this to me on Twitter. But I appreciate it. IVO, and I'm not sure exactly whose handle this is. But now, again, we're not big stats guys. We're not big analytics guys. But um, now, Jay Fresh Hockey, he breaks down a lot of these items uh, analytic wise. And uh, he says five on five rush shots per 60 minutes. And they go over team by team who creates, again, these, these, these rush opportunities where they get off shots. And you could see, hey, the Florida Panthers, the Colorado Avalanche, the New Jersey Devils, the Buffalo, the Buffalo, the Buffalo, or the Boston uh, Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, the Kings, et cetera. And you go down the list, the Islanders are dead last. And we are with the likes of the Seattle, the Seattle Kraken, the Arizona Coyotes, shockingly enough, the New York Rangers, the Red Wings, and, and the Capitals, that, or I'm sorry, the Canucks and Tampa Bay Lightning, but we're dead last on that metric. I, I thought you might find that interesting, Grump. Well, it's because their special teams are so fantastic. That's yes. the reason why. That yes. you see the Rangers, uh, Toronto, and Tampa down that low. And even, even yeah, I'd say Toronto, yeah, Tampa, and I'd say, uh, yeah, the I'd even say the Canucks. The Canucks have really turned it on as of late, but the special teams units really keep those teams afloat. Our special teams units... We're middle of the road. True. Simple as that. And the thing is, the only reason we're middle of the road is because Noah Dobson is so f phenomenal as being the power play quarterback on the uh, being the power play quarterback. And how Before many he took off? We really struggled. How many rush attempts 
is, is Noah Dobson responsible for? Because I'm going to tell you a 13 point, if you take him off this team, it's probably, I don't know, 11. I don't know, but I did, I did find that. I did find that kind of interesting because we don't generate, and these are unblocked shots. We don't generate a lot of shots. You look down the stretch, right? We've been getting out shot left and right by teams. And, I know Andrew Gross made a tweet about this. I'm very aware that he said, hey, the Islanders have played five games in eight days, and now before they play their oh, next game on God. Tuesday, they're going to play five games in the last seven days. Not an excuse, but you know, hopefully provides a little bit of a, you know, the, the possible the reasoning as to why the, the Islanders have no legs today against Buffalo. Uh, you know what? He sounds like you. Trying to make excuses when I ask a simple question. If I ask his thing, Andrew uh, Grove, guess on, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't make excuses. I was just providing context, right? Providing context is not making an excuse. Okay. Here's context for Andrew Gross's comments. He doesn't want to rock the boat. He wants to make sure he gets, you know, the coverage from Lou Lamarillo whenever he uh, you know, says yes, I'll speak to the media. He me? wants to do that. That's his issue. I don't care how many games they've played in the last eight games. Every other team is in the same boat. And guess what? Every other team is in the same boat going down the stretch as well. If you look at how many teams games have played, the Islanders are just like everybody else. Stop crying and making excuses for a poor season. Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily the season, right? They're talking about why, oh, the team's worn down right now. There you go, making excuses. Making yeah. excuses for poor performance. No, he says not making excuses. I'm like, it sounds that's like that's exactly that, what he's doing. Exactly what that was was an excuse. I, I th it's it's the same thing the organization does. They put out what they say, and then they say, Well, we're not making excuses. As soon as you say that, that is your excuse. Okay. Well, I want to show you a few clips, grumpy old man, and let you listen to. It. Now, you actually had sent these to me, and I think they're gold. We had talked about where the franchise used to be. Before Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz were here, we used to, man, it was bad, right? We know that. It was really, really, really bad. Nobody wants to go back to those time periods. And it's weird, right? Now that we've ready. struggled. Get ready. Now that we've, okay. Now that we've struggled this year and the season's over, we talk about different things during the games. The broadcast crew does. And, you know, the verbiage they use and the way they frame things is just, oh, quite so different. I want you to listen to a clip. Remember, we used to talk, you know, for for the last three, three, four years when we've been, you know, playoff caliber team in the last three years, we've been talking about, hey, what do we need to be doing over these games? These games are important. You know, they, they kind of lay things out a little differently. I just want you to listen to a few clips that you had sent me that I thought was gold, Grumpy. So I want I want to go ahead and show a few of these good ones. Direction and and overall, you look at the big picture. They were down three nothing. That first period, they lost three nothing. That second period, they only lost two to one. So that's another redeeming quality. I don't think that that's what they want to hear for, for sure. I think they just want to have trending the right direction. The third period, now they're going to win this next period. You know six what? Nothing. Yeah, I hope I hope that that's what happens in this game. Uh, you know, a lot of people were wondering what was going to happen with the lineup changes. So, and Grump, when you send those, can you actually? Bump the volume up a little bit on those two so we we're able to hear those better because mine was all the way up. But we're talking about winning periods. We lost the first period. This is against the Rangers. We lost the first period 3 nothing, And the second period, we only lost 2-1. So that's heading in the right direction. We played a better second period than the first period. 
even though we still got waxed in the second period and lost technically two to one in that time period, we played better than getting scored three goals on in the first period. So, you know, we're getting we're getting our engines going. We're heading in the right direction. Holy shit. At the end of the day, the only stat that matters is at the end of the game, it's zero wins for us, one for the opponent. That's all. That's the only one that matters. It's not about, but here's the thing. That's what losing teams do. We try to, let's see if we can keep people watching by saying, look, we've gotten better from period to period. Why do we come out so flat every game? We came out flat against Buffalo again today. In the first period, it was one nothing. And here's the thing. Alan Furing, who was calling the, the game with Butch, said, boy, Buffalo really dominated that first period. He's not going to be doing many more of these commentator, commentating games if he keeps on saying stuff like that. Yeah. Well, let's let's get back. I want to mention one more thing about the comment. You didn't mention it at all, or you didn't respond to this at all. Were you not, I guess, more hard done by or kind of confused the fact that the talking point during intermission was we lost the first period three to nothing. We technically lost the second period, but it was a better loss. It was only two to one. And yeah. again, like she's throwing a little bit of gallows humor. Oh, yeah. So we'll win that third period six nothing. But I'm like, that's those are the talking points. I'm shocked that that was not a bigger item that you had. I mean, you kind of just glazed right over that, Grom. Well, you why don't you just bring it up if that's your opinion? I, I just think I, it's I, embarrassing I, to even I, say I something. I did, like I that. did, I did. I brought it up and then you kind of moved to somewhere else. Well, are you because I have a different opinion than yours? I what think it's embarrassing. Opinion? I think it's embarrassing to even say that you're improving two to one after you got beat three nothing. Because the only thing that matters is that you're not winning games. And that's how they're trying to sell to keep people watching. Okay. Okay. Sounds great, Grumpy. Anyway, um, there was one more item, too, that we want to go ahead and bring up. Um, now, this was one you'd sent me before, and I hope the audio is loud enough so everybody can hear it. Um, but uh, AJ Malesko was talking about the kid line, or I guess maybe Shannon's talking about the kid line, and they're talking about the off season. So I'll let you, and, and Grumpy says, maybe a little Freudian slip right here, but I'll let you listen to the minute-long clip. I love about the sport of hockey are the signs, not just for warm-ups, but you're walking around the concourse, and I just saw two kids walk by with one that said, free Wally, and then they flipped it over, and it said, play the kids. And they are playing the kids tonight. They have Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, and Otto Koivula playing together on that third line. And Do you think this is all part of the plan of trying to see what the Islanders have, what they can get out of these guys as they're kind of down the stretch here in the last couple of regular seasons, yeah. regular games? And I think that the silver lining to having these games that are essentially meaningless is that Barry Trotz does have a little bit of freedom right now. He can play people. He can switch things around. There's no pressure. He doesn't have to worry about resting people for the playoffs. And obviously, I understand we all want to see this team go into the playoffs, and we hope they will. But that's just one of the benefits right now. He has that this a little bit of a longer leash right now to play these kids, put them together, see if he can find a little bit of, of chemistry, get these guys to gel wherever. And not just the young kids, any of these guys out there, see what they're going to do and see what Lou is going to do in the offseason. He stood pat at the trade deadline this year, showing faith in the core. But there has to be some movement. Uh, I shouldn't say there has to be. There most likely will be some movement in the offseason. So these games will give it's a it's a barometer. Yeah. Oh man, I'll tell you one thing. That was a Freudian slip because she watching hockey, playing you know female professional hockey, knows it, and it tells you right there, right. There has to be. Well, I shouldn't say there has to be. You know, you know, ideally there should be some movement. And she, 
because I, I, I did think that was a Freudian slip. It's tough when it's so obvious what needs to be done, but she knows we're probably not going to make any moves in the offseason, regardless of what they think, but moves do have to be made. And we can't right, we can't be filling the heads in the in the in the minds of fans that we have to make moves. We have to make moves. And if they don't make any big moves that holy shit, even our commentators were saying we had to make big moves and we didn't do anything big. Well, oh my God, panic, 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 panic before the season starts. Yeah, the panic is going to come in the Islanders uh, marketing department when season ticket renewals are down. That's when that's where the panic's going to start kicking in. I don't know. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what those numbers look like. Yeah, I'll bet you they're not going to be as robust as they had hoped. I, I want to say that once again, you're not winning and you're not fun to watch. Tough to get season uh, ticket renewals, uh, increasing the price by one dollar, one dollar ticket. Okay, it doesn't matter. You're still increasing price for a bad team that's not fun to watch. Uh, you know that's tough. That's a tough sell. It's like selling ice to Eskimos. Good luck. Hey, those people calling up the season ticket holders. They better be wheeling, dealing. Their work got very hard this offseason. That's for certain. Oh, man, I tell you. So I, I did find it. Thanks for sending those in, Grump. Um, it, you know, ew, yikes. You talk about where you are as an organization. Yikes. Talking about winning a period because technically we didn't get scored on as many goals as we did the first. And then now we're talking about, oops, I let that slip out. I shouldn't say we need to make moves. Well, you know, ideally we're going to make some moves this offseason. Yeah. Going ahead and 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 drawing themselves an easy way to kind of waffle back and forth. I think, yeah. And another clip that I sent you that we're not playing. Barry went out of his way to talk about how he felt that certain players were cheating the game. He didn't mention names, which makes me wonder who is he talking about. Let me ask you this: Did he actually say cheating the game? Because I listened to the clip you sent cheating me. Cheating the game. Well, cheating he, the game. That's what he said. Nowhere in that clip did he say that, Grump. So maybe you sent me the wrong clip. You talked about the lack of professionalism. I got a that's five today's clip. clip. I'm talking about Thursday's clip. Thursday's clip. You you sent me a five second clip of of Kyle Palmieri who said WTF. So I think he recorded the wrong bit. <laughs> okay. okay, no, no well, Barry said that okay. he was he thought that players were cheating the game, and you know he's talking about the veterans because the veterans have been terrible down the stretch. Terrible. They yeah. were hot. Here's the thing: the veterans played well two weeks before the. Uh, the trade deadline, and it lasted for about three or four weeks. That's it. Then they played just like they did at the beginning of the year. Sorry. Brock Nelson did have two goals against the Rangers, didn't he? Yeah. That's because that's a typical Brock Nelson two-goal game. Oh. Blown out five to one. Hold on. Hold on. He doesn't score against the good teams, and the Rangers are good teams, so the fact that he scored two goals didn't happen. When the game's over. He's good at scoring goals when there's no chance of winning. He's he's always been good like that. He has been. <sighs> Jesus Christ! You move the goalposts on Brock Nelson because you hate him. No, I don't. It's, it's the same yes, things yes. I say about him and Anders Lee. The same exact things. Him and Anders Lee are freaking like apples to oranges. One is an actual legitimate player, and the other one's the freaking garbage man who stands in front of the net. There's a big difference. They're the same guy. One They're actually hustles back and plays defense. One doesn't. I don't know. You've been watching how Brock Nelson's been playing recently. He's not yes. really hustling back on D. Oh and speaking of that, today was today the worst game you've ever seen Adam Pellick play? To me, it was. I, I've never seen him play that bad. He was 
brutal today. He and Pulak. That last goal they scored, it's like, dude, does anyone want to take anybody out in front of the net? You let Skinner, that little weakling, outmuscle you and get its goal at the end. I was like, what the hell, Pulak? Pellick was turning the puck over, taking ill-advised penalties. I mean, he was he was terrible today. Butch even criticized him. And then he's like, holy shit. Must have said, hey, eh, sh- Butch, that's Pellick you're talking about. And man, did he... He looked like John Neighbor doing the damn backstroke to say, well, you know, I shouldn't really be saying that. I don't want his family sending me tweets saying how I'm picking on because I'm not because, you know, he's been great for all these years. And then the the Furing guy comes in and says, well, yeah, you know, he's like got the best plus minus on the team. I'm like, please, fellas, it's okay if he's a great player. He's played really well for us, our best defensive defenseman. But he's just playing a shitty game, and there's nothing wrong with actually saying that. Don't be afraid to tell the people the truth. Please don't. Well, when they're afraid to tell people the truth, it's because that comes from top down. And here's the thing. If you knew your job was on the line, these people want to have a livelihood, Grump. <laughs> they want to be able to get paid. I See, I don't blame them that much. I don't... It, you know, you kind of got to, you got to kind of skate the line, right? Grumpy. I don't blame them too much, but in the same token, like when it comes down to people who write and people who's like, my salary does not come directly from the Islanders. I hold those people to a higher standard. I understand, right? If your job's on a line. Okay. You kind of, it's like the guy, it's like the guy who sells hot dogs, or the guy who's got to flip the sign around, right? They pay me to be energetic and flip the sign. I really don't like doing this. I don't want to do this. Nobody likes me flipping the sign around, but I get paid to do this. So it's a little different when the Islanders pay you and that's your employer. But when you're, when you're independent, when you write for somebody, when you speak on something, I, I hold you a little, little bit of a higher standard. There's nothing wrong with just telling people what's actually happening. You don't have to cover up when a guy is so obviously bad You'd have to cover up. He just had a bad game today. There's nothing wrong with that. It happens. Don't be afraid to admit it. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm sorry. I just disagree. And one other thing, you know, Butch did some of those butchy things today. Like, like mispronouncing everybody's name. Ahu Ratu. Ahu. Like from the freaking Grinch you stole Christmas. <laughs> he called him Ahu Ratu. And here's the thing. You know, where Brendan is really good, he just kind of repeats the name. He'll say something about him, but actually correct the, what the pronunciation is. Uh-huh. This guy said, it's Atu Butch. And I thought that was funny. And then Butch goes into the diatribe about, well, you know, the pronunciations are different in other languages, whatever. Okay. Dude, okay, Butch, you just run with it. You always mess the names up. Here's the thing. Hats off to Brendan Burke then, because think about how well he does that, right? I know that he, he very good about how much he's got to do coverage wise when when those mistakes are made. He's like, oh yeah, and it's like that little that little gentle reminder, not it's Atu Butch. I don't, so yeah, I don't know where Brendan is. Um, I would assume that he's getting higher up. Uh, you know, maybe uh you know for nhl playoffs or whatever stop doing that stop what doing does that it mean they're getting higher turn, up turn, turn your thing turn your camera off because if i say something you don't like or you don't understand which is a lot of time you don't understand you're like what what i don't understand stop. what you're talking about stop. so maybe brendan is doing something higher up in the nhl right now calling bigger name games and that's maybe why he's not doing Islander games. Oh, you I mean for the playoffs? You think they're going to use him in the playoffs and something? Absolutely, was, they're going to use him. Okay, in the so he's getting he's getting prepped for other teams. Okay, I, I don't know maybe. what he's doing. Maybe I, I really don't know what he's doing. That's why I, I 
thought maybe you knew something I didn't too, Grump. I have no, no I idea where he's been. I know when Butch was out, it was the shoulder and uh, and items of that nature. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe he is. I think he. I think he's a great announcer, right? You look at some people who do a really really good job. Maybe he's maybe he's been told, hey, you're going to cover, you know, X Y Z. You're going to cover between you know X Y Z teams. So he's boning up and and getting to know the teams really well. I don't know. Perhaps. Another thing that I've noticed about the Islanders, just to get back to actual hockey, um, when they're not playing physically, man, we don't match up with many teams in the league. If yeah. we're not finishing our check and being aggressive coming back, our our lack of talent and skill is really noticeable. And that's something always Coach Tommy B, when he's on the show, always mentions. If we're not finishing checks, if we're not, again, if we're not being fit, if we're not physically imposing ourselves on another team, we usually lose the battle because we don't, it's not like the team is ultra talented. It's not like the team, again, has, you know, uh, an immense amount of speed. It's not like, you know, we do something extremely well besides effort and putting forth, you know, our best foot and finishing checks and being physical where, you know, the, today's NHL isn't very physical. So, you know, I, I think that when we don't do it, you're right, Grump. Yeah. I mean, it was it's just real noticeable. I mean, even look at the Montreal game, right? I mean, we beat them, but my gosh, they dominated us. We weren't putting bodies on anyone. Today, we didn't put a body on anyone. Against the Rangers, we didn't put a body on anyone. It's like, uh, you know, we just can't play like that. It's just, it's frustrating. And then, like I said, but Barry Trotz is doing the best he can. I'm going to be honest with you. We're not talented. He admitted it today. We are not very talented. I can't believe he actually said it out loud. He said we're not very talented offensively. And he's not yeah. lying. That's true. I don't think we're a very offensively talented and gifted team. They've said that since day one. And the only additions that we've made is, okay, Noah Dobson, a guy that... He's a defenseman. Well, hold on. I'm just saying he, he brings offensive punch to the party. But, you know, Noah Dobson, it's not like we acquired him through trade. Got rid of Devon Taves. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I'm just talking about what we've done, right? So we could say Taves and Dobson. I'd say that's actually a step back. I think Taves is a better defenseman at the moment and was, you know, a better defenseman than Dobson is now. I think that maybe Dobson may, might have a ceiling that possibly is around Taves' ceiling, but Taves is a better defenseman. I don't think he'll see many argue. And we added John Gabriel Pajot to the forward group, third Zach line center, Zach Parise. Third, third line center, third line wing, third line wing, um, and Matt Martin. We originally acquired him, fourth line wing. Um, so non NHL player, non NHL player. He was yeah. terrible today. Barzell gave him a pass, a foot from the net, and somehow he misses the net and throws it wide. Yeah, and we ha we haven't we haven't we haven't made many improvements to the forward group. We haven't made much many improvements to the offensive side of the puck. Just yeah, stab but true, and that was an identified issue, and it still really hasn't been addressed. So we're in the bottom third of the league in scoring every single year. We are consistent, just consistently bad offensively. Yeah, no, for for certain, Crump. I, I don't disagree with that at all. So you know, what are we watching for the next few games? That's that's a question that's going around a lot, and you know, I think that this uh, Rob. Rob brings this point up here. Rob T does. And it was a tweet of, hey, if you're putting yourself essentially through this misery here, that is the last few meaningless games of the Islanders, what are a few things that we could watch for? And I wanted to bring this up, see if you kind of agree with the grump and to see if you have other items that you're watching for in these last few games, right? 
we should say Brock Nelson hitting 40 goals right now. Hey, Brock Nelson's got 36 goals. Can he manage in the last four games to score four goals over that time period? Can Noah Dobson hit 50 points, right? I mean, he, he's played well today. He added two more points to that total. So right now he's at 47. He needs three more points over the last over the last four games. And can Sorokin finish as strong as he's been as of recent? I think he didn't play great today. Um, and can Anders Lee score 30 goals? Those are the things that he's watching. Those are the few things he's watching for, Grum. And I wanted to know what else maybe you're watching for in addition to a few of these items or if you're watching for any of these items also. I'm looking for, I think Kiefer Bellows has played extremely well um, down the stretch. Uh, he had a goal today on a, on a deflection. Um, I think his is noticeable how much he's hustling coming back. I want to see the same thing from Oliver Wallstrom. I think Wallstrom's kind of defeated a little bit. Butch ripped him today because he missed the net on a shot. And he said, in quote, I in quotes, he's like, uh, when your bread and butter is goal scoring, you have to hit the net. And Kyle Palmieri, who you could say the same thing about in the third period, was about three foot from the net and he missed it. And what does Butch say? Nothing. All you hear is the crickets. Again, it's Wallstrom's in the doghouse. We're not going to promote him. So we'll blame him if he misses a shot on net. But Kyle Palmieri, you know, he bought a house on Long Island. He got a four-year contract extension. So we're not going to say anything when he plays like absolute dog shit the whole year. So, okay, that's fine. So those are the type of things I'm looking for. I do want Wallstrom to step up and play better. I want to see Otto Koivula play the rest of the year. I want to see Sebastian Ajo and maybe Grant Hutton play the rest of the year because I'll tell you what, Andy Green – was really bad today also he was I'm glad it's his, he, there's no way he's coming back next year no way i would i'd like to assume the same but i thought andy green right we talked about it, i didn't think pellick looked great i thought andy green looked really bad char looked really bad too did you see disagree I mean, he, what this i thought char played well today he was one of the only players fully engaged the whole game kudos to char for me today sorry did you see Zdeno Chara make Kyle Ocposa look like he was an Olympic speed skater? Did you happen to see that he took the penalty when <laughs> Chara Chara had about I don't know I, I I'm gonna give him generous maybe ten or fifteen foot and there was a long stretch pass coming to to Kyle Ocposo who in his defense was skating forward but Chara just got walked around in the matter again he had about a ten or fifteen foot cushion and Ocposa was able to skate around him and again Chara knew the puck was coming on that pass he was able to get past him before he even reached the dot and he was able to get that an opportunity in on on Sorokin you know point blank and I'm just like man oh man Jesus Christ I, I don't know Grump for me it's because Char can't do it physically anymore but I'm going to tell you what when Barry Trotz comes out and says for the last four games he wants to show see the players you know be out there showing a level of professionalism that's a that's an indictment on the team right there. I'm sorry. Here's the thing: teams tuned his ass out. Simple as that. If you're having to say that shit, oh, we need to. They're professionals. And here's the other thing: guess what? If they are not going to put forth the effort and don't feel like their jobs are on the line, or don't feel like hey, minutes could be cut, or I've got any sort of semblance, if I don't play well, right? The next guy steps up. That is what you have bred. The culture that you have freaking created is reaping. You're reaping what you've sowed now, buddy. Simple as that. True. I agree. That said, 
you cannot say that Zidane Ochara lacks professionalism and didn't try his best out there. He absolutely did today. Absolutely he did. And that's what I meant, where I thought he played well today. He played up to his as good as he could play, and he was not afraid to mix it up. He was trying to he was trying to spark that team. Kudos to Zidane Ochara. Real kudos to him today. So, like I said, I'm not going to rip him, but I'm going to say again, if we lose the last four down the stretch, would you, are you going to say that if it's not Barry Trotz, is that coach safe to keep his job? I said the answer is no. If it ends in anybody but Lou Lamarillo in charge and Barry Trotz as coach, the coach would be fired at the end of the year. You come off consecutive years where you or three years in a row where you make the playoffs, two years where you make the Eastern Conference Finals, and then the next year you're 25 points out of a playoff spot. Those guys don't survive ever, ever as a head coach. It, and the thing that's odd about it all is a lot of times, right, when a team is an age team and a team is, you know, where the window's closing and they see that, they, you don't have a lot of years you can just say, oh, this is a throwaway year. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, we'll see how it goes to start the beginning of next year, too. Yeah, we don't have to worry about this one. I know our window, you know, it maybe already is closed, but ideally, if we're super optimistic, maybe we have a, a one year left after the current one we're on. We can just throw this one year away. Don't worry about it. Just come back next year. Got to get the engines going. We're going to build off of these last few games. It doesn't make much sense. Most times, a coach would have been fired in season. As crazy as that made it would have sound, right? Oh, you made it to back-to-back -back Eastern Conference Finals, and you're going to fire the coach? The window is small. Simple as that. This is, this, is, this is not a coach. Barry Trotz isn't a coach you rebuild with. Simple as that. He's not a coach you retool with. If you have a serious retool or serious retool, he's not that type of coach. Barry Trotz did a fantastic job of getting – a whole hell of a lot out of a group that didn't perform well under Doug Waite, didn't perform that great under Jack Capuano, and he brought them to consistency. He brought consistency and structure to this team that they had not seen, I would say, ever in their professional careers. And you play poorly this year, and down the stretch, you could, you know, we've lost. We're 0 3 and 1. Do you remember we played that mental exercise of what would you want to see the Islanders perform down the stretch and what would be acceptable? I said, realistically, I thought the Islanders' last eight games are going to go 3 4 and 1. I'd be happy, though, if we went 4 3 and 1. Right now, we're 0 3 and 1. And the way we've played and the excuses that the, <laughs> the media cartel build in, you think to yourselves, we might be lucky to win one game. I really thought the game we would win would be Buffalo. But I mean, you play the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are fighting. They're the losing the Hurricanes team. tomorrow, and they were making the excuse. Well, they got to play back to back. Well, Carolina is playing back to back day games too. It's like I, I. That's another excuse that drives me crazy. Well, look at what the poor Islanders. Well, you realize the teams. It's not like you're out there playing with yourselves, fellas. The other teams are in the same boat you are. And Carolina tomorrow, they played a day game today, went to overtime, so they actually played longer. I mean, I'm just like, stop making excuses. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. The one thing they, 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 went, they went to overtime too today. Yeah. I want to give you credit. Something you said about them tuning out trots when he has to say that. And here's the thing. You would know that as a former athlete. You would know that more than I would when somebody's tuned a coach out. But the fact is you hit the point, you hit the nail right on the head when you said when there's never a threat 
of losing your job, regardless of how you play, there's no sense of urgency. You kind of reap what you sow. And you're 100% right there. Well, I appreciate it, Grump. And we've had people on this show before who had asked us earlier on in the season, do you think the guys have tuned? You think the room has tuned out Barry Trotz? I didn't think that was the case. I slowly think that now. When I hear a coach, right, who's having to come out and say that to the press again, right? Why do you speak to the press? You try to elicit a reaction and you try to elicit, you know, public reaction from fans. That's what you're trying to do and trying to say, if we need, to, if, the, if a coach is going out to the, I've always been a big fan of coaches should keep what is going on inside the room in the room. Simple as that. Barry Trotz has come out before and he singled out young guys on the, to the press. Doesn't really do it to the vets. When he says we need to show a level of professionalism in the last few games, it means that he's talked to the team about it and he needed to go out and say it again because he feels like that fact needs to be reinforced. And now he needs to let the fans know, hey, it's not me. The team's not having a level of professionalism. We need to do better for that for the fans. That's the way it comes off to me. But and when and you, and to mention really quickly one more time, when you breed this this culture of we want to stick with the guys, we believe in the core, we believe in the guys. Well, you believe in the guys when they could be 20-plus points out of a playoff spot. It means that they say, meh, I'm just ready to go golfing. Right? The season's a lost season. We'll look at it next year. There's no fire. There's no fight down the tail end of the stretch. And when you don't see that, you kind of worry, what, what is it? What's, what's the, what, how, how do you read the room? doesn't look great. You know who was pissed? Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal was pissed. Yeah. He was really pissed. And I'm going to just one other thing, just going back to that Trotz comment. He said afterwards, you know, we've had other guys who have an opportunity to step up, um, you know, and they've done a pretty good job. Well, that tells me he's talking to the veterans about the level of professionalism. Yeah, and, and I'll remove this so you're able to see the full quote. And, and this is, again, it's not like it's just one thing to say, oh, team play bad. Barry Trotz, team not listen to Barry Trotz. No, it's it's always a lot of different items that get us to this conclusion. But you're right. That bar's all pissed is pissed as shit. And here's the thing. Maybe he's pissed at Barry. Maybe he's pissed at teammates, too. Maybe he felt certain teammates just freaking are coasting around, not putting forth the same effort he is. And if you're a guy who's a blood and guts type guy like Matt Barzal, hell, the son of a gun was holding the <laughs> on the bench, was holding the jersey of the Toronto Maple Leaf who was trying to skate for an odd man break. And, you know, he does. He's a competitive son of a gun. It's just what he is. It's in his nature. But when you have him coming out there and saying it's not mentally easy to come back, we're not happy. We can't be happy right now. That's the mindset. It tells me that the guys, the Anders Lees, the Josh Baileys, the veterans on this team have kind of checked out. And Matt Barzell's pissed at that. He's a fiery kid. Most of the other guys are just country club guys as far as I'm concerned. He's not one of those. Never has been. And and he hasn't been in a situation. Think about all the vets. Every single one of these veterans have been on some really bad Islander teams. They've been in this time period where, oh, season's over. Don't worry about it. Matt Barzal, through the majority of his career, has been on a team to where we're competing for the playoffs, we're a competitive team, and we're putting forth our best effort game in and game out. A lot of these Islanders that are on this team currently have been on teams and and, and have been on have been on years to where we've been essentially mathematically eliminated from the playoffs with 12 or 13 games left in a season. So that means we've been in no contention ever to make the playoffs. 
year after year after year. It's not something Matt Barzal has done. It's not something he's accustomed to, and he doesn't like that type of mentality. I think that you kind of revert back to. Yep. It's a loser mentality. It is. I mean, just one quick thing that Butch said today, just one more quick thing. He was going on and on today about Skinner, right? How Skinner, he's a guy who, you know, uh, has been struggled in Buffalo and, you know, they need to, you know, he's been different this year. He's been getting his nose dirty, going into the dirty areas. And he says, you can't play the game on the outside and earn anyone's respect when talking about Skinner. Wow. How many Islanders on this team, there's one guy in particular who absolutely lives on the outside and will not get his nose dirty, but we want to keep him on the team because he's played 990 games in an Islander uniform. You can't say that about a player on another team and not look at your own team and say, hmm, who are we talking about on this team? You're talking about Josh Bailey, obviously. That's who you're making. That's that's who you're making reference to. And Interesting a guy like Jeff, comment from Butch. And a guy like Jeff Skinner, too, has a different skill set than Josh Bailey. And people will say, oh, yeah, jo- well, Jeff Skinner was miserable last year. He was healthy, scratched at moments. He really struggled. Yeah, he did. And, and I'll tell you this much. Maybe a little bit of change, a, a little bit of the change that he's seen on the team is a little bit of a spark to his life, too. I mean, Jack. Who knows what type of impact Jack Eichel had on that room in that locker room? I'm not saying, hey, we saw an immediate spike up as soon as Jack Eichel was gone. We saw an immediate direction and a change in that team. But Buffalo's had a lot of those type of issues, right? They had the Taylor Hall for the one year, which is, you know, you kind of wonder, okay, how quick was it where he was like, I'm getting traded? This is a a bad decision, right? Yeah. So you wonder kind of how things evolve a bit, and. If you look at a guy like Jeff Skinner, you say, he's a vet. He should do better than that. Yeah, he should. Simple. simple. He should, you know, he should have better control over his output and his consistency year in and year out. I'm not saying he shouldn't, but sometimes it helps. And, you know, for a player who maybe is a little mentally weak, it helps to have a little bit of a different standpoint, a little bit of a different locker room change and a different atmosphere. It helps them excel. Right, guys who maybe are a little bit more susceptible to those type of, you know, those type of environment changes. It does help. So is maybe he's the toughest mental guy in the world. Maybe not. But being in the right situation and being in a room to where things kind of look a little bit more positive and cheery, maybe has helped him perform a little bit better this year, too. Or maybe the leadership with Jack Eichel as captain was toxic. Yeah, that's what that's what I was saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Because I'll tell you what, Skinner, it's noticeable. I was like, What's he doing getting involved with? Why is Zdeno Chara going after Jeff Skinner? Why is Adam Pellick going after Jeff Skinner? Why is Matt Martin going after Jeff Skinner? Well, it looks like Jeff Skinner is playing a a, a down-dirty game now. He scored 30 goals this year. Uh, you know, that's the best since he's been in Carolina, honestly, well, when he had the 40-goal season and got the big contract. That but was, you know what? He was, real quick, he was with Buffalo when he hit the 40 goals, but I'm sorry, continue. Okay, but he's he certainly turned it around the last year or so. I, you know, I'm going to say, you know, and why was Buffalo the way it was? Why are the players not producing? When your captain is having a public spat with the team, it cannot be good for the rest of the players. And your captain, you, the room is, and again, if you're not really, really strong mentally, what's happening in the room could affect your play and it could affect your outlook 
It really can. And if you've got the captain who's having, you know, these issues, having issues, and he's not speaking very kindly of the team behind closed doors. And it becomes a it becomes a holy shit. I hate them. Can you believe they did this? Oh man, I hate them too. It's like with a bad workplace environment. Imagine you're at a you're at a place where they work you like a dog, they don't treat you well, and you've got one guy who's you know a manager and he's like, Yeah, I can't believe this, I can't believe that I'm looking to leave. It doesn't it doesn't do wonders for team morale it doesn't do wonders for for you know your your fellow co-workers very true and like i said uh, uh for me matt borzell's pissed L- why because maybe because the fat cats just cashed it in the fat cats on his team they got their contract they've been here for 10 years 12 years doesn't matter to them if they win or lose they'd like to win but you know, it's more it's more better for them. If, you know, hey, we're comfortable. We like playing here without any repercussions to us playing poorly. We all play all the time. I mean, I've said that a lot about this team. It seems up, but like a lot of guys have that mentality. And maybe it's because when they came into the league, the Islanders were an absolute loser franchise. And that's just, well, now we're losing again. And eh, we've been there, done that. We'll just look at next year. How many years till my contract's up? Well, it's it's not even it's not even that, like hey, uh, we've been here before, right? Season's over. Okay, let's let's focus on next year, and, and that's seriously where I think they are at the moment. I don't, from my standpoint as a fan, I really don't. It doesn't bother me. It maybe I hope we lose every single game down the rest of the stretch. What about as a teammate? Columbus, and I hope Columbus as a teammate it pissed me off. There but you go. Because here's the thing, right? I firmly believe players do not. Most in most cases, and again, there are always exceptions. Players don't just give up and say, "My screw it, I don't care how I play." My screw it. A lot of times, they're fighting for reasons. They're saying, mm, "I want to score." Whether it's personal and selfish reasons, I want to hit forty goals. Whether it's, "Oh, I want to go ahead and earn that new contract." Whether it's personal reasons or it's fighting for the guys in the room, fighting for the team. Most players, even when the season's lost, still put forward effort. So it's a reason why you'll see a team like Buffalo go on a streak towards the end. It's a reason why you'll see a team that's in the cellar win and maybe snag a game against one of the top teams that's a playoff competitor because they still want to compete for whether it's selfish reasons, whether it's a team, doesn't matter. But again, the selfish reasons for a lot of these players on this team is not necessarily you know involved because a lot of guys are on long-term contracts. You're not necessarily fighting for a contract, right? You think John Gabriel Pajot is fighting for a contract? You think Kyle Palmieri, you think Matt Martin, you think Casey Zizekas, you think, uh, you know, the list goes, you think Anders Lee, you think Josh, they're not fighting for contracts right now, right? If you're like, oh, I'm in that contract year, I need to put forward my best foot. Even if I'm not with the Islanders, I'll have to be with another team. And I want to be able to show them that, hey, even when the season was over, I was busting my ass and I was still out there every single shift, hustling as hard as I could, trying to produce as much as I could on the offense and the defensive side of the puck. There are many guys that that applies to right now. On the honors, I would say none. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna disagree with the Buffalo thing because it's the young guys. The young guys have been given the rein, take the ball and run with it. Well, the young guys are fighting for contracts. They look at, hey, I want to get myself established. I want to become a consistent NHLer, and they want to be able to say, when my rookie contract expires next year, or my rookie contract comes at the end of this year, I want to be able to sign myself a big contract. Yeah, I'm just going to disagree. I think some of the selfishness plays in. I've always been I've always been a believer money talks and when you talk about money and again, if you're not playing well, and most teams, you're going to get your ice time reduced. 
And if you're still in your prime earning years, you're going to be like, hey, I need to make sure I'm out there on the ice as much as possible so I can sign those contracts. Okay, for me, when Buffalo traded Eichel since then, they're an over 500 club. Hmm. Just think about that. I think that was a big cloud over the top of their heads. Now it's we're rolling with the young guys. The coach even said it. We just want to keep playing because we're having fun. And once you get, get the young guys get confidence, man, then their skills start showing. I think they have something like nine guys who were first round picks on their team right now. That's a lot. I mean, think about it, right? Owen Powers up on the team. I know Peyton Krebs is a first-rounder. Dylan Cousins was a first-rounder. Rasmus Dahlin's a first-rounder. Casey Milstadt was a first-rounder. I'm just trying to go down the list. Skinner was a first-rounder. Skinner was a first-rounder. Rasmus Ristolainen is still with them, right? No. He's he's, he's Detroit. Or was it Philly? I'm sorry. I mean, they've got just the the top names I could think of. There's six guys right there. and I wouldn't shock me at all. They they said said on the telecast that there were nine guys who were first-round picks. Yeah, and you look at it right this last year. They had two first-round picks. you got Jack Quinn, who's played well, I think, in Rochester. I mean, you know, you've got – there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic if you're, a, if you're a Buffalo fan. The only thing I worry about is, is Barry – is the room starting to slip away from Barry? Do they just need to – is it the room starting to slip? Has it slipped? Or do they just need to recharge in the offseason? It's either one of those two items. The room had slipped, and we didn't know about it. Or the guys have just checked out mentally and said, I'm ready to golf. One of those two items. Well, they were saying how they're mentally tired, how they're fit. You know, they're making every excuse in the book. They're mentally tired. They're physically tired. Well, welcome to the NHL. Every other team has had the same things to go through. It's easier to be. And I I remember I heard this once when we were playing football. When you're, when you're, when the season, when you're getting your ass whooped, man. The bumps and bruises hurt a whole hell of a lot more. The nagging injuries really bother you a whole hell of a lot more. When you're winning, it's a little easier to get through that. It's a little easier to work through those items because you could see the goal that you're working for, which is the Stanley Cup. But when you're losing, it's a whole hell of a lot more to stay motivated sometimes and and to fight through pain and to fight through the anguish. Makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be watching for a few items, right? I'm looking at Noah Dobson. You know, that's that's one one player I'm looking for. I'm looking at the kid line. I know Otto Koivlo always gets branded on. He can't play. He can't foot it in the NHL. He won't be good enough to play in the NHL. And I know Ever Bellos gets stamped with the same brand of, oh, he's not he's not a real NHL or he's a guy who's a tweener. You know, prove it. I want to see you go out here and freaking earn that time. Earn a chance. I'm not saying you're going to earn it with us because everything is just cemented in. It's it's hammered in granite and marble so you want to earn it with us but i want you to earn it for another organization here's the thing you i you know everything that they've said today on the telecast where yeah now or the other day where we want to see if these guys give them the rope see if they can be players going forward i've been saying that for the last couple of months because it's so obvious we weren't making the playoffs you didn't need to wait to be mathematically eliminated there was no way we were making the playoffs this year those top eight spots were cemented two months ago. And I said, just play the young kids to see if they have what it takes. Otto Koivula might not be good enough to be a consistent NHL player, but you want to find that out now. Kiefer Bellows, to me, has proven that he's an NHL player. Absolutely well, has. What, what I'm talking about more is for them going forward next year, right? Yeah. I'm saying our spots 
are hammered in granite and marble for what the roster is going to be next year already. Unless you say, oh, we're trading away a lot of guys, and that's what Lou Lamarillo alluded to. And and um, A.J. Malesko said, we needed to. Well, uh, well, I shouldn't say need. We, we probably should make moves this offseason. Well, I don't think they're making moves and saying, hey, we're opening up a spot for a guy who's a question mark. But, so, you know, I think there's no chance for a guy like Bellos next year on next year's roster. I think there's no chance for a guy like, I mean, Koivula may always just be a 4A type guy. There's no room for, you know, a Simon Holmes from if he was ready, let's say, hypothetically. There's no room for any of those items. So, eh. Now, you didn't play that clip far enough because Shannon did a nice cover job for AJ when she did say that. She says, well, you know, Lou has said that this offseason there will be hockey trades. So he did a little, she did a little cover for AJ saying that. Okay. Gotcha. But um, it's don't, don't let the last four games bog you down, though. The season's over, right? What I think we could look forward to is no matter if we win or lose, right? We're losing. We're hopefully ideally going to get better draft pick. That makes me happy, right? So maybe we can move up to 12th. And if we win the lottery, right, we'll have the second overall pick. Grumpy. Yeah, one can dream, right? Keep the dream alive. I will keep the dream alive until the, the draft lottery. You know, here's the thing. If we win the draft lottery and have the second overall pick, I think there's no way we trade it. I really just have that bad we can't, in my we, stomach. We are not in position to trade away any draft picks. I, I understand, but I, I'm just saying I've got that bad feeling in my stomach. It's like a twisting. It's like a knot in my stomach that says if we don't have an ultimate opportunity there with one of the high picks where the talent is undeniable, I think we're going to, that might be on the trade table. Okay, again, we cannot afford to trade away any draft picks. No free agents are coming here, none. Because if you're looking at the island and say, hey, we're going to compete for a cup, we're not. We're not. Just not. Sorry. Windows. Windows closed, doors shut, bolted. I don't know why we're bringing it back to that. but I, Okay, because that's why free agents won't come here. That's why you cannot trade draft picks. You cannot trade draft picks anymore. Cannot happen. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get to our ad. We're going to get some comments too here, grumpy old man. But today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points with assists, goals, saves, and more. Um, and DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. See the show notes in the description for additional details. You're muted. Okay. <clears throat> nothing to say, bro? No, nothing to say. You usually say, oh, you did a good job. You did the bad job. Fair enough. I'm but not giving you that gratification anymore. Oh. I've cool. trained you like Pavlov's dog. 
I always say that now you don't know what to do and I don't respond. Well, usually after I just get done reading a monologue, I like to be able to get a second go and then go to the other items I have up on screen. So you buy me a little bit of time by saying that. <laughs> but, you know, the Islanders, you know, may have not been interesting to watch today on ice, but there was a little bit of entertainment at the pregame, Grumpy. Now, you know how Bill's Mafia... You know, the the Bills Mafia fans jump through tables. Is this and an Islander fan? Yeah, yes, Grumpy. You could see oh, all the God. Islander fans right here wearing Islander jerseys. I don't know what's worse: the fact that this guy's like three Bills, or the fact that he's wearing Zubats pants. What's a Zubat pants? That's the this the design he's got on his pants. Well, here's the thing, right? I figure we've got to start somewhere if we're going to get the Islanders Mafia up and running. So this is a little one, right? He's jumping through the table. And this is a good table to jump through, right? These are the tables that split. This is what the Bills Mafia is known for, grumpy old man. You're supposed the Mafia, to. They'll jump off of RVs. They'll jump through sometimes two tables like they're WWE superstars. This first one, the pioneer for Islander fans, is jumping off the truck bed. You're supposed to cut the tables a little bit so that they collapse. And maybe he did. Maybe he okay. did do that. Um, but I, you know what? Here's the thing. I find this fun. You know, it's for pregame. I mean, this is the Islanders played in an afternoon game. Think about it, right? The Islanders puck drop, I think, was at 1230. Usually for jumping through a table, you got to have some liquid energy in you to jump through a table because most people's minds are like, yeah, let me sober jump through this table. You know, not too much to where you drunkenly hurt yourself or, you know, over jump or under jump. So you just have to have that right balance. I'm thinking to myself at 1230 in the afternoon, this man was ready to go. He was ready to bust through this table, Grumpy. That was a clean break, Grumpy. And you know what? What's better, the bust or the worm, man? Jesus Christ. Christ. The, I'll be honest with you, dude. He did the worm well. And also with you! The jump was good, man. The jump was good. It's like it's, that's not his first table he's jumped through. This may be a member of the Bills Mafia who's also an Islander fan. But he's an Islander fan that's in Buffalo, perhaps. But he's noticeably bald on top. Hey, hey you know what, Grumpy? We can't, be, we can't be saying anything about that, but here's the thing. I thought it was a little apropos also that it happened when we played the Buffalo Sabres. We're on Bill's Mafia territory, Grump. Okay. Uh, you want to know another way that you know your team sucks? When they're showing highlights in between periods of alumni games that are being played. And the alumni games are more filled than our home games. Well, I'm going to say that Steve Webb scored a goal, and then they showed Pierre Turgeon scoring a goal, but they didn't tell you the scores of the games. The Rangers were up with, I think, two or three minutes to go in the first period for nothing before Terzon scored. Now, they were nice goals, but what does it tell you about the product you're putting out the ice with the regular players where they're showing highlights of alumni games? Mm. Not good. Mm -mm -mm. So, you know, I wanted to show you that, Grumpy, and I did happen to see the alumni game. I saw a few. I saw the, the Terzon goal and shootout that won the Islanders the alumni game against the Rangers. I did and see that. You know he shoots harder than Josh Bailey now. Man, he's got a hell. He's got a hell of a wrist shot still to he this does. day. I mean, like it's not like we're okay. Here's the thing, right? We, you know, usually that would be a put down on Josh Bailey. 
Pierre, Pierre Turgeon has a hell of a wrist shot still to this day. I, I would put he would be he's better wrist shot than just just Josh Bailey on his team. I'd say he's got a better shot still than, than a guy like Andrews Lee at this moment. He's got a better shot than a guy like Casey Zekas, Matt Martin, Ross Johnson. The list goes on. What's he? Fifty-five years old. He could still. He could still. He could still. I mean, he's still got a good wrister though. Looks like he skates better than Anders Lee now too. Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't see the skating. I just saw much it. better. Oh. Let me see. I'm going to try to find that. I'm going to try to find that goal real quick. If you talk a little bit about Pierre Turgeon. Yeah, I, Pierre Turgeon was a really, really, really great hockey player. Not just for the Islanders, for Buffalo also. Um, and he led us to that magical 1992-93 season run where we beat uh, Pittsburgh, who's on their way to a third straight Stanley Cup. Uh, got hurt against Washington, which, uh, you know, actually that, that probably derailed us with a legitimate shot to win a Stanley Cup that year because we wound up getting beat by Montreal and they beat us, I think, every game in overtime. Um, so that was, you know, tough. But Pierre Turgeon, along with Derek King and Stevie Thomas, what a great line that was. We have nothing like that now, just absolutely nothing. Mm. And here, and here's that wrist or two. And and again, the the fans, man, I tell you, they're packed in over there for this alumni game, Grumpy. And it looks like, honestly, that would be fun. That would be a fun game to attend too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he, he does skate better than Anders Lee. He wasn't. He wasn't trying to bury that shot either. It was just kind of like just skating down, just relaxing. I mean, like he. He still, I mean, he shot from before his from his front of his hip too. It wasn't like he was loading up or trying to do anything special with that. Just you could tell if he wanted to, he's got that freaking shot still. He still does. It happens. It happens. Also, good that the goalie, you know, is like fifty years old. I was about to say, right? He's not facing an NHL quality goalie. Not a whole lot of movement from the goalie. <laughs> he got down the butterfly. I'm like, hopefully, he's hitting my pads. He didn't uh, move so. at all. He did the butterfly after the shot was passing, but look at this. Look at this. No movement. No movement. No movement. Uh, Bam. It's a good, it's a good shot. He's still I'm got not saying it's shot. not a good shot, but the goalie didn't move at all. We want him to come all the way out of the net and challenge him. I'm just gonna tell you what, in the alumni games, being a goalie is really, really tough. Oh man, that's of course. My he God. never moved. He didn't move. He from the, the time he was at the blue line, the goalie just was standing in the same spot. He did not move at all. Oh. Didn't come out. Didn't slide side. Nothing. He just stood there. Punk goes in the net. Oh, he's a fifty-year-old goaltender. I'm just what saying, it's very, very difficult for the goalies. Is all I'm saying. It is. It is for certain. It is grumpy. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get a look at some comments. Drew L said, "Yeah, did you guys see that awesome national embarrassment of a game today? God, this Islanders team is good, right, Louis Lou and Barry? I hate being right." all the time got a comment here from scott l saying hey guys what's up scott frank k saying the season needs to end i have zero faith in this regime anymore thursday was a shit show embarrassment way too many ranger fans it was a home game for them don't be shocked if uh burke is uh rosen's replacement soon don't doubt it i was disappointed with the amount i matter of fact i think i even said to tj that I forgot the game was a home game for the Islanders. I knew it was, but I forgot. And I'm like, man, I tell you what, this Madison Square Garden crowd, they're really up for this game. <laughs> and then it's like, holy crap, it was in the Islanders arena. It's UBS, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, ugh. I mean, that's just not right. I'm sorry. 
Joseph C. saying, yeah, to be fair, Buffalo, they've been playing a lot better as of late for certain. Have They even beat the, the Toronto Maple Leafs a few times. Sorokin uh, didn't have it, and a lot of the non-playoff teams cash it in at this point of the season. Those That's why those teams don't make the playoffs year after year after year. The teams that cash it in don't make the playoffs. And here's the thing. Buffalo has been playing better of late. The young kids have really stepped up. And Sorokin did not have it today. I, it's it's for the young kids, too. It's easy to have energy and enthusiasm even when the season, let's say, is lost and they're mathematically out because, hey, they're fighting for something. They're playing for something different. They're playing to find themselves a spot in the NHL roster and everything else is just icing on the cake. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Think okay. about it. When you're a guy who's been second string your entire career, and now all of a sudden an injury gives you a chance, it doesn't matter if it's the last game of the season, you're bowl eligible, or you're not making the playoffs, you're still like, holy shit, I'm getting time. Here's my chance. Here's just, this is my debut. <laughs> That's what they're looking for. Scott L says here, defensively in the last two games, we've been hot garbage. Um, but that's what you get when Lou signs more geezer squad players. And we've been noticeably our our team speed on defense is really, really bad. Mm. Really bad. Aho's not a, he's got speed, but he's not great defensively. Dobson's good enough. Pellick is good on most nights. Pulak's been a disappointment. And Chara and Green have just been horrible. Yeah. Um, John M saying here, Grump, I've been totally disgusted with her effort. Um, uh, and some of these overpaid bad contract players to finish the season, revamp the roster this offseason the best you can. 100% agreement. Pony Boy Curtis saying they're pathetic boys talking about the Islanders and the roster. Yeah. True. Lou R saying here, um, I've been saying that we need a bruising defenseman. These opposing players just walk in with no worries about getting hammered. Thompson walked in, you know, our top two, our top, our top two defensemen out there. Just walked into our top two defensemen out there. True. Pelican Pulak, right? I mean, uh, I'll tell you what, Dobson knocked somebody down today on a power play. He knocked a guy down in front of the crease. I'm really impressed. Not his thing. I I thought he made maybe a couple of trying to do too much a couple of times, which wound up hurting him in the long run. Kind of like whenever he struggled this year, it's because he's trying to make up for playing with Chara. Today on the power play, uh, I thought he got was a little bit guilty of trying to do a little bit too much sometimes. But I like his effort, and I like his improvement this year. Ch- people don't realize with the lack of team speed with most all of our defensemen, but most notably Chara and Green, that's a real problem. If you can get younger back there with those two spots, the defense will pick it up a little bit, I feel. John M. says here, Auburn spring football practice is better than the Islanders. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Islanders may, fin- may finish below Buffalo next year since Lou thinks that we can win with this squad. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure it'll be that quick, you know. Sometimes these guys go through a little bit of a sophomore slump too, so it's always worth taking that into account. Yeah, but they're not sophomores anymore. Tate Thompson Peyton, is a Peyton, sophomore. Middlestad isn't a sophomore. Hold on, hold on. Peyton Krebs is a sophomore. They've, they've got players who've played well for them that are young still. Go through ebbs and flows of your career. Just happens when the you're young, guys, more susceptible. Okay, but most of the guys who are their young core, they've been there for three years now. You're going to see them step up. You're going to see them be better. And here's the thing. They have the money to do something in the offseason. They have three first-round picks. If they want to get a top-notch veteran, who's available maybe as a salary cap dump, 
they can do that with three first-round picks. There's a lot of things they can do. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get – if it's a salary, a true salary dump, I don't think they're giving up first-round picks for a salary dump. And, okay, but you might be able to get a really, really good player because a team is in a cap crunch and, you know, for whatever reason they have to move them, and maybe that can be a benefit. I don't know, but I, I mean – I understand. They put, they put themselves in position to do well over the next few years. Remember, I, I talked about this last podcast, and I'll say it again. The conference – in each division from top to bottom are going to be more competitive, right? It was such a drastic haves and have nots this year. That will not be the case next year. I don't believe it's going to be a much more competitive top to bottom division, right? And you could say for the haves, right? That's not great for the have nots, the teams that are on the up and up, that's good for them because, right, they're going to be closing the gaps on, you know, the perennial powers that have been for quite some time, your Boston's, your Tampa's, your Carolina Hurricanes. But for the teams that, let's say, you know, they're possibly heading in the wrong direction of the age side and things are getting more competitive, that doesn't bode well for us. Um, Frank K says here, Barzal is gone as soon as he can. Barry Trotz has to go for Matt Barzal to stay. I wonder, too, if he's just – if maybe it's a little bit of the frustration with Trotz. Maybe it's the frustration also. Maybe he's seen – that the players are kind of been like mm, they've been kind of checking out a bit, and that could be, it could be anything. It could be small shit from, oh yeah, Anders Lee showed up five minutes late to team meeting, or Brock Nelson, you know he didn't he you know we had X Y Z he didn't you know, he wasn't engaged or he's falling asleep in a meeting or wasn't really paying attention. It could be small small stuff like that, small interactions when they're talking about the, oh yeah whatever, you know when we're when you have coaching. You know, at the end of the season, maybe just kind of like tune them out. You could see players tune them out. It could be small things like that. We small things we don't see behind the doors. I will say this team needs more guys with fiery personalities. I do agree with that. I, you're not going to catch me disagreeing with that at all. I like the guys who are a little more. Emo- you don't. You can't have a team full of emotional players, right. but we've got a lot of players that are passive, just straight no, line. No, no you've got a. Got occasionally some guy. Matt Barzal is definitely a guy. Who could be. I, I feel like a, a very uh, emotional guy on and off the ice. We need a few guys that have that fire in their stomach to have a little bit of more emotion to them. We need a Matthew Kachuk type. Oh, for certain, he would be fantastic on this team. Everybody does though, right? Yeah, I, I mean, think about it. John Tavares is always a doop guy too, right? We've had, we have a lot of guys in, in this this team for this franchise that had a lot of guys that just flat. Straight I mean, think about it. Think about it. Who are guys who get worked up and get excited out there? Barzell. That's about it, right? Maybe Jean Gabriel Pajot does a bit. I feel like he did, right? I know this year really hasn't done much in guarding the energy, but he was a guy that, right? Man, he was a guy who really had a lot of fire to him, a lot of fire in his stomach. He's a guy who I think he is, you know, if he has a bounce back here next year, he's a guy who can return a little bit back to that. Okay. But not enough. That's for certain. We don't have enough players like that. I don't disagree. David D saying here, hey, guys, remember Lou said after the trade deadline that uh, it's evolution time, LOL. Who's still drinking the Kool-Aid thinking that? Uh, I think evaluation. This, I think it was evaluation time. Oh, that that it's uh, after the trade deadline, it's evaluation time. LOL. Who's still drinking the Kool-Aid thinking it's the same exact squad into next season is going to be good enough and that we're going to make the playoffs? We're not. But here's the thing. From Lamarillo's point of view, He's not going to be here for rebuild. So he's like, well, let's see if we kick the can one more time, kicking the can. I'll be gone. Trots will be gone. And then the next regime will have to come in and start from negative position. The people, that's what it'll be. The people who have to pick up the pieces are the freaking fans. That's right. 
because then, they said they said, well, well, maybe we're rolling the dice. Maybe if you know we do X, Y, Z and have a perfect off season, maybe we're looking at about a a forty percent chance of being where we want to be. Well, maybe a different general manager has a different mindset and saying, well, let's take a little bit of a step back this next year. Let's stay kind of even keel, but change a little bit of the makeup, change, change, change a little bit of the the the, the composition of the team to set us up for more future success, right? Because fans are fans for life. That's only here for one more season. That's what I've been saying, right? For the last two years, you could have had a gradual shift in getting the team younger by offloading some veterans and bringing in some younger talent. They didn't want to do it. And now you're in the boat you're in. And I told you so. I hate to say I told you so, but I did. I mean, I often feel like I feel like I'm the bad guy because I just see these things and other people do too. But it's like, Stop thinking that this team is better than it is because it's not. John M saying here, tear this roster down, end of the season, rebuild next year. Grump, and you need a Mets shirt. Oh, he says a new Mets shirt. This is not a Mets shirt. This is a enemy of the cartel shirt. That is a shirt that you can find at the merchandise store. Link in the description below from uh, the Islanders Never Say Die merchandise store. Um, Nick D saying, TJ Grump, how you doing? Doing well, Nick. Again, love love the uh, love the logo you've got. Doing well. Hope you're doing well also, Nick. And he says, um, when Dobson scored, uh, I was thinking he must have said to himself, screw you, Barry. I'm taking on this one. I think Barry has taken the restraints off of Nick Dobson, uh, Noah Dobson. Uh, Drew says, well, at least I'm looking forward to having Boston beat Brooklyn in the NBA playoffs. Brooklyn has to win today. And I'll let you read this comment, but I'll be back. I'm 100% convinced as long, as long, as long as Trotz is here, guys like Bellows, Wallstrom, and Ratu, et cetera, will never play to their capabilities. He sucks it right out of you. Same guy who chose Letty over Taves. I'm fed up with him. It's leaked from the locker room to the ice. Barzell could never play poker. He obviously is fed up. I 100% agree with you, Frank. He And you you hear him talk about it. You heard about him talking early this year for people saying, well, why isn't Matt Barzell scoring all these points? Why is his numbers down? It's because Barry Trotz said earlier this year, well, finally we have Matt Barzell where we want him to be playing. Well, but see, that's not Matt Barzell's game. He's an offensive player. And what you're doing is taking away his natural ability to fit into a system. I understand why Trotz plays a system. We're not talented enough not to play the system, a rigid system. It's the only way that this team, with the talent level on it, can win games. The whole thing is we're older now, and the players aren't getting any better. We should have done the smooth transition. Bellows never gets a shot. Wallstrom get, doesn't get a shot. Ratu's a couple of years away. So I'm not even going to include him in there. Trotz will be gone. Next year will be Trotz's last year, guaranteed. It's going to be a replay of the Washington situation where he signed the five-year deal. Even though they won a Stanley Cup, they didn't want him back. It's going to be the same thing here. And I'm not putting Barry Trotz down because Barry Trotz turned a perpetual losing franchise into a team that was good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row. We weren't good enough to win a Stanley Cup. We weren't. But we were good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals for two years. So I'm not putting him down in that regard. But when you're taking ta- players who have a certain talent and you're dulling it to fit into a system, 
that means that you don't know what you're not that you're not know what you're doing as a coach, but it's not system and nothing else. What a good coach does is he tailors his system to the talent level that he has. If you have a guy who's a goal scorer, you don't shackle him and turn him into a third liner. You put him in the greatest chance to succeed. Put him on the power play. Put him on a wing with Matt Barzell. He chooses not to do that. That's on Barry Trotz. And and, and the thing is, too, with this, right, You, can, I think Trotz is just a little too over-reliant upon the system. And it, it's worked wonders, right? I know as you'd mentioned, we weren't a very talented group that he inherited. And you're in a spot to where Lou Lamarillo, since he's been here, has traded away, except for this year, he's pretty much traded away every single first-round pick that he's had the ability to trade away of every single year at the trade deadline. When you're talking about, hey, how do you make sure that you have enough of the young players, you know, that they're able to backfill when some of these guys start, you know, kind of falling out of favor, trading away your first-round pick every year. It's just tough. It's tough to sustain that. It's why it makes that, hey, Pittsburgh makes the playoffs X, Y, Z amount of years in a row. The fact that Detroit made it for so many, it makes it so impressive when you have that because it's just so tough to have that sustained, that sustained, that sustained brilliance and elite, you know, play on the ice. You know, when when you're trading away first round pick after first round pick to try to double down and make your chance the best shot to win a cup. And, you know, but it's not just the fact that, we're trading away the, the the draft picks, which is terrible. You never do that. Don't ever do it. It's a mistake. But it's the fact that you're signing guys who are just average players, and everyone around the league knows they're just average players, to absorbent contracts because they've played in your system that long. I don't care. Anders Lee was never worth $7 million a year. Jordan Everly was never worth five and a half a year. Kyle Palmieri is never worth five a year either. Neither was JP uh, 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 JG Pajot. Those guys are not worth that money. Lou R here saying Dobson has been awesome. I just wish uh, he starts to hit a little bit more. He's got the size. I think that's one of those items too. As you get a little more mature, and as you kind of get, you know, you kind of grow into items. He's still what twenty two years old, still young. I think he still can develop a little bit more of a nasty edge. He's not going to be, you know, a nasty and physical guy on the ice, but he can be and develop a little bit more to when it's needed. He can do it. Just remember, Lou, where he was in physicality last year. I think he's taken a big step in his body checking this year. He's not going to be a guy who's running guys into the boards. He's not a Scott Stevens. Right. He uses his body to shield people away from the puck. He threw a couple of nice body checks today, but he's never going to be a plaster, a guy against the boards type. But he certainly has been using his body more. Remember, he's still, for 22 years old, He's a young 22, if you know what I mean, physically. Some yeah. guys, when they come into the league, man, they're men already. That's not the case with him. David D. saying here, um, Barzal will be another star player on the Islanders that will be jumping ship. Trotz's defensive style system hamstrings Barzal's offensive game. For certain it does. Thomas B. here saying, Hey, guys, love the podcast. I appreciate that, Thomas. Um, if a rebuild is going to happen sooner than later, I'm not convinced Lou should be the guy making decisions. Neither am I. I don't think – here's the thing. If you start off poorly next season, both of them should go, right? I think they should – ideally, right? I don't want them here anymore either. But if you start off the season, let's say the first 15 games of the year, you start off in your 5 and 10. Both should be gone. Both if should we, be gone. Okay. In the real world, if you close out a season 0 and 8, you should be gone as a coach. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Most teams, 
not even that, right? When we went through the struggle early on in the season and you look at the the, the body of work, maybe if you're extremely, if you're an extremely loyal ownership group, you say, okay, we'll, you know, we'll give you a mulligan, see how next year goes, right? But I, I mean, even if they're extremely loyal, if you start off poor to start next season through the first 15 games, both head coach and general manager should be gone at the same exact time. Fire them both that day. Okay. You know, five what, and ten. Both should be gone. What should they do? What have I been preaching? Bring in an assistant GM this offseason. Yeah. Right? I, we, yeah, we don't disagree on that. That's for certain. Okay. But see, that's my point. Because they're not just going to fire Lamarillo in the middle of the season. That's not going to happen. Really? Absolutely. Lamarillo will not be fired. You might see no. him go upstairs next year, but if they don't have anyone in the organization who's ready to fill that spot, he's not just going to get fired. Go with Mr. Outside Hire. Well, but you're not going to be able to do why that. Would you, why, would you, why would you still let Lamarillo have player personnel control if he's in a spot to where he thinks the team could still win? Here's the thing. If you start off the year next year 5-10, and 10, well, guess what? Last year, with all the freaking multitude of excuses you made, was not a freaking outlier. It is what is actually it's what the team's value is and the team's ability to play. As simple as that. You start off poor next year. Trot should go, and so should the general manager. Right? Hey, okay. we're changing views. We're not doing this. Whatever you want to do, we're rebuilding. You're not the guy for us. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Lou. Thanks for bringing legitimacy to the team. I understand, but if you don't have anyone in house as a possible replacement, there's in, how many GMs get fired in season? Without a replacement, I can't even name one. That's a, that's an off-season thing. On. They fired they fired general managers in season this year. What are you talking about? Okay, I, I, I'm gonna make me pull up the list. Give me a second. Yeah, pull up a list because I bet you there was somebody else in the organization ready to step up. We don't have anyone in the organization ready to step up. If you get somebody Montreal. in the organization this off-season, when you're when you're looking for potential GM candidates, that's not an in-season thing. Bergman. He was fired in season. But who's the GM? It's not somebody from outside. It's somebody else within the organization. That's an off-season thing. That's when you get your best candidates. If you have a team that has a GM and assistant GM, you're, and they're in the middle of the season, they're not going to let somebody go to take another job in season. That's always after the season. That's why you should be proactive now and have the replacement in-house. Then if it goes totally south – you just kick him upstairs because they're not going to fire him. They'll kick him upstairs and make him president of operations, whatever they'll do, and have a younger guy come in and be the new GM. The head coach is a whole nother thing, though. Mm, Kent Hughes is the new general manager. He was not with the organization before. Who was he with? He was with the Rangers. Gordon helped Hughes uh, work with him at, uh, work with him as a general. Hold on. Okay. So Gordon's the GM. That's who's the current GM of the Montreal Canadiens. They went he didn't with have Mr. a job. He didn't have a job. They went with Mr. Outs. Exactly. They went with Mr. Outside Hire. But, but Jeff Gordon didn't have a job after he got fired with the Rangers. Okay. Who's out there? He was Mr. Outside Hire. He was a free agent as, as a general manager. And they said, Bergman, you're gone. We found a suitable replacement. Wasn't like they hired from inside. They found Mr. Outside. It happens. And I'm okay. just saying. Okay, Could you but, imagine him still having the ability to do anything he wants 
at trade deadlines and with player personnel decisions. He's not a guy I want selling off assets. As soon as you determine that we're not making the playoffs this year, we are to a bad start. And as soon as you say, well, okay, Trotch, you know, we gave you the start of this year. We see the same exact misery that we saw last year on the ice. We're seeing through the first 15 games, the guy who makes player personnel decisions and sells Devontae's for two second round picks needs to immediately have his finger taken off the pulse. Goodbye. If you Goodbye. feel that way now, we should go now then. They're not going to do that. I'm okay. Hold on. So you're saying if we start off, and I'm saying if the owners are really loyal, if we start off five and ten to start next season, you don't think that's going to raise any concerns for ownership group? Nope. You don't think with the GM, not with the GM, it won't. Lou Lamarillo had just won two consecutive GMs of the year. They're not getting rid of Lou Lamarillo. He might be bumped up after next year. I think next year's his last year. Last year year is his last year on the contract grump. Him and Barry Trotz have I understand. How is he going to be bumped up after next year? You're thinking to let him be the general manager for the entire season and say, oh, okay, we still want you to work on the organization. The guy's 80, he'll be 80 years old. I, I don't disagree, but I think what you're going to see happen is him get kicked upstairs and they bring another younger general manager in. That's so what you, I think. You, you think the ownership group is going to feel fine? You think the ownership group thinks they got what they deserve for a guy like Devon Taves? Do you think, right? Do you think they're so oblivious to where they say, oh, yeah, when we've seen you trade off assets, because let's be honest, right? If we don't make the playoffs next year, we start off poor, you're going to be in a spot where you're selling off assets like crazy. And you don't think they're going to say, I'm looking at when you've sold off very valuable assets like Devon Taves, a top 20 defenseman in the NHL, and you got two second-round picks for a guy who's going to be a Norris Trophy finalist this year? Do you think they're going to say, oh, well, you've done a good job selling off assets we've had in the past, and I think you're going to continue to do that? I don't. Th- I think they're immediately going to go, oh, I've seen you screw this up before. Get him out of here. They're going to, he's going to, Lou Lamarill is going to say, if they ask that question, which they won't, they won't even ask the question. You don't think remember, they're going to ask the question? Remember where the Islanders were before Lamarillo and Trotz got here. Just remember where they were. Okay, so he has turned them around. They both have turned them around where they, except for this year, playoff contenders every year where that was not the case previously. They've done a great job turning the franchise around. I don't think they'll fire uh, Lou Lamarillo in season. I just don't see it. Okay. And I think he'll be with the organization after next year, but. It's they kick him upstairs. It'd be a mistake, and it'd be short-sighted. It'd be blind by ownership group. I think the owners, believe it or not, once they say, okay, we thought maybe we believed whatever, you know, oh, we've got one more opportunity. We've got that window open for one more year. That's why originally we signed here because we thought the window was that long, right? Once they see with the product on the ice isn't that, well, holy shit, the general manager and the head coach aren't working. I understand he's brought legitimacy back to the team. I can't have somebody who's going to be making trades at the trade deadline who got pennies on a dollar for Devon Taves. You realize, I don't think Lou Lamarillo has ever been fired, ever. <laughs> He's too well-regarded around the league. They, he won't be fired. He wow. wasn't fired from the Devils. He just went to Toronto, and same thing with from Toronto. His contract expired. He just came here. They changed fired. his job. Yeah, well, they that's changed, okay. Hold on, hold on. I'd be fine if they change his job. You said they'd he'd let he'd be the general manager for the no, whole year. Yeah, and they but they'll kick him upstairs. 
No, you said that wouldn't happen until the end of this That's year. Right. That's right. The end of next year, they'll kick him upstairs. So you think no matter what happens, he's going to be the general manager from start to finish. You don't think, oh, we're bringing in somebody else who's going to be doing this, and we're moving Lou to player personnel decisions or, or to hockey operations or head of hockey operations. Yes. I have no problem if they did that. You don't think they'd do that till the end of the year, so he would still have his button to make all the trades? That's nuts. Well, like I said, if you go if you out and get bad next season, that's nuts. If you what they should do again, okay. what they should do and what they okay, you're asking. I'm telling you what they should do. I'm telling you what they're gonna do. Okay, what they should do is get a younger guy to train under Lou this year, kick Lou upstairs after next year, and if he goes south, you just kick Lou up then and have the younger guy take over. That's what they should do. I don't disagree with you. The entire conversation you've been telling me what they're going to do. Yes, and now you're changing and say what they should do. All I'm saying is this saying what they should do, right? And I'm saying what they're going to do if the team struggles. I'm not asking what what you think they do should do because you and I think the same way right now. Very rarely, but we do. I'm saying I think the ownership group is going to look at it and say, uh, what what they sold me on is no longer where I think that, you know, the future and where the direction of the team's headed. I think they're going to be more quick and apt to make those judgments after a season we're finishing with under 80 points this year. And again, if they have a bad start to next year, I think the leash is a lot shorter than you're giving it credit for. These guys are businessmen. They're legitimate owners. They're not okay. Charles Wong. They're not as smart as we are on this show. So you're wrong. They're there. not going to do that. He will be the GM for all of next year, and Barry Trotz will probably be the coach all of next year. But they'll both be out after next year. That's what will happen. Okay, moving along. Um, if Rolomoff is still here, mark my words, he's our number one goalie next year because of the geezer favoritism. No way. I, don't I can't see, see that. I can't see that. I'd be shocked. I don't want to see. I tell you what, though. I don't want to see. A lot of comments, Grumpy. Okay, I don't want to see the one-on-one-off split, though, with the goalies. Yeah, I don't think so. I think we've seen towards tail end of this year. We saw what he can do. I think the favorite is going to be the 1A is going to be Sorokin. 1B is going to be Rolomov. off. Um, and yay, Thompson gets another year in Bridgeport. Yep, they clinched a spot, grumpy old man, yesterday officially in the Calder Cup. So they're going to be playing there in the playoffs. Uh, I'll be interesting how that. Yep, the Baby Islanders made the playoffs. Yes, there's Good Eve. Thank you there for that update. Um, and surprising stat I saw today Vegas's record since the Eichel trade has been 14, 13, and 2. Buffalo's record since the Eichel trade has been 14, 13, and 2. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I said, they've improved since Eichel's been gone. I knew they were over 500. I didn't know how much. Yeah, and Eichel wasn't playing for him, so essentially they just added Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck <laughs> for a guy who wasn't playing and contributing. So um, Nick D says, I was hoping the 76ers on sweeping the, the Raptors today. Ooh, Joel, Joel Embiid is hurt, a little yeah. dinged up. Scott L saying Buffalo has no goaltending yet. It's something we have to address. They've got young guys in the system. Who the hell is – he's a young player. He's a second-round pick. Oh, uh Lukanen? I don't know. He's young. You uh, can get a goalie. You can get a goalie anywhere. There's always the goalie merry-go-round every offseason. Brian P. said, I'd much rather have Buffalo's roster and their prospects and picks than our washed-up roster. Thank you, Brian. I would, too, but the general manager and head coach are important. We've got a better general manager and head coach than them at the moment. Ponyberg Curtis says, Phil's fiction posts too much about politics these days. I don't know who he thinks he is. Oh man, man! It, I don't know how Phil's fiction could pass uh, post about hockey. There's not a lot of positives to talk about Islanders wise. He can uh, make them. He, he uses that creative math. Uh, John, uh, Rob G says, if Buffalo had, uh, if Buffalo had our defense, they'd be very dangerous. We need offense big time. Yeah, two veteran 
defenseman would really help them out. Skydell says Detroit still needs a good head coach. I agree with that. They still do need a legitimate head coach. I think it's easier to sell a top-end head coach on their team with the talent, the youngsters, and with a general manager like Stevie, Stevie Y. I do believe it's easier to sell it. Um, sometimes sometimes the coach who's now with the young team is just the guy to get them ready for the next guy. The transition. The transition yeah. head coach, exactly. And it's just a guy to say to bias a year, to bias a time to where Lucas Raymond gets better. You know, most Cedars getting better and just buys you a few years. Um, Brian P says, I watched on the Buffalo feed and they were talking about their coaches encouraging all the young offensive players to make plays. And he tells them he'll live with the mistakes, just work hard out there. Players live. That's that's the whole thing. You're going to see if you if you play if you're giving love to the younger players, they'll run through a wall for you. Yep. And if you say, "Hey, I know you're going to make a mistake. Just make sure you bust your ass getting back." You'll see them do that. When you shackle them and grind them down into a nub, they, it just doesn't work. In the long run, it doesn't work. Mm. Well, I, I'll tell you this year too, man. Oh man. I was watching the Buffalo feed today, too. It's funny you mentioned that, Brian P. Different announcing crew. They've got a little... <laughs> it's kind of refreshing to hear. It's just a little bit of a different announcing crew. They were excited the entire time. And I'll tell you, it wasn't just because they were scoring winning. You could just tell that was kind of their personality. It was just weird to see as you go from team to team how that changes a bit. Brett W. says here, um, can we give them Chara and Green for a bag of pucks? Well, we can't because we had that handshake deal that they can't leave. I couldn't leave this year. Tony Queso says, LOL, Grump's mic is never an issue. Well, if it's not an issue, I won't tell. It sounds scratchy. And it sounds like the peas pop a little more. It's definitely just a power move by TJ to try to assert dominance. Very true. I'm a guy who needs to have total dominance on this show, and I could never not have it. That's we right. Know. That's right, Tony Queso. Um, uh, Scott L says, Grump, oh, your thoughts man. on Aguila Floor. One Please. of my favorite players growing up, without a doubt. He was he, the flower. He would just he was a right winger, and man, he just fly up and down that wing. And the hair, no helmets back then, and the, he had the long hair, and it was thin. You know, it was like fine hair. So when he skated, it's flying out behind him, and he was a marvel to watch. He really, really was. Uh, what a pleasure to. I mean, what a shame. You think about it. Two of the greatest players of the seventies slash eighties pass away within days of one another and it just like i said i for me it makes me feel old because i'm like i remember these guys i wasn't like a two-year-old when they were playing and i'm like man these guys are i mean they were little they were older than i was not a whole lot though and i'm like man and they're dead makes you feel your mortality a little bit mm. he was great though Guy lafleur perfect player for montreal without a doubt back in the day oh mm. five stanley cups Two hard trophies, uh, just tremendous. He was really, really good. Christopher C. says, if what you're saying about Buffalo is true, why are they near the bottom of the Atlantic? Look at the other teams in that division. They've, they're a team that's going to have a lot of ups and downs. They're a young team. That's what I was kind of hinting at there, and that's what I was trying to say. It's, I know Grumpy was selling them. as oh, hey, There's a lot of young teams, right, but young prospects uh, – are still young prospects until they start developing and they still have the production. So uh, they've got the ability to, I think they've got the ceiling. Do they have the right coach? Do they have the right general manager? Um, uh, Frank Kay says here, Trotz wants him, Trotz wants it fired for being too inspirational. Mm. Mm -mm. 
Shooters Puck Hockey is saying here, I just have a really bad feeling uh, this won't be a good offseason. We will no doubt roll out the same dinosaur squad. If you miss the playoffs by 20 points, how is this group good? How are we good enough? How is this group good enough to bring back? They're not. They're not. Trotz knows it. He even said it today. You could tell some kernels of truth slipped through today. We're not good enough offensively if they're not playing like the grind it out style all the time. Guess what? Florida is. Carolina is. The Rangers are. Tampa is. If you're not good enough, how are you going to compete? How are you going to compete against the really good teams in the league? How have we competed against them this year? Not too good. Yeah. And I'll say, right, we play the Washington Capitals twice, right? We play we play Carolina tomorrow afternoon. And again, Carolina won in overtime against the Devils. Maybe we somehow steal a point against Carolina. Who knows? We play the Washington Capitals twice. And then we play the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ooh, Tampa wow. Bay doesn't want to be in the wild card spot, right? They want to play Toronto. They just beat them 8-1 the other night. Tell me they don't feel confident playing Toronto. And they just won. They just won again today. Uh, I can't remember who the hell they beat, but they beat them like 6-2. to two. I think it was uh, Minnesota. Oh, Nashville. It was Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. They beat them 6-2. to two. They played the Florida Panthers, the, the Blue Jackets twice, and then us. So, I mean, like they're, they'll definitely have something to play for unless they're locked in at the three spot by that last game. They're only three points up on Boston, and uh, I think they played the same amount of games. Yeah, Boston plays Montreal next. They play the Bruins, or they play the the Panthers, uh, the Sabres, and then Toronto the last game of the season. So It's going to be close. Yeah, I think that I think Tampa's probably going to end up in the three spot. Um, but uh, you, you know, know what I, Carolina's doing? You don't want to play Tampa Bay in the first round. Do not no, want to play them in the first not. round. No, they don't. So the Maple Leafs are looking like they are all but penciled in for a first round exit. Uh, but yeah, you're right here. Uh, you know, we're 19 points behind Washington. In all likelihood, we could be anywhere from 20 to 25 points behind Washington by the end of the season. So what if we go oh again? What if you go 0 and 8 down the stretch? How or 07, 07 and 1. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Eight losses in eight games. Yikes. Yikes. Again, I I said beforehand, I wouldn't let a losing streak at the end of the season necessarily dictate what my thought of this team has been. My my thoughts on this team haven't changed. I still think we're a team that's not sufficient enough to win games. I think we're not a team that you know is a playoff contender at the moment. Those items won't change. Didn't matter if we won eight games at the end of the year or lost eight games in the year. That still remains the same. Drew L says here, I was scrolling on IG and there was a meme post about uh, Chara um, giving up a, a goal giving up a goal and uh someone commented um somehow barry is gonna find a way to blame wallstrom for this and i cried out laughing oh goodness gracious true oh man oh man i'll tell you uh frank k says here the next year uh will be bad with the season ticket holder subscribers mm. think about it uh patrick patrick v said they increase prices to look at trots's eyebrows oh good gracious yeah i'll tell you the crazy oh Brennan has COVID. Thank you for that. And thank you, Dimitri. And thank there you. you okay. Thank you. I couldn't remember what it was. That's but. right. I remember now. As soon as as soon as you put that up, I'm like, yeah, that's what it was. Drill says, and Grump, and this is why I stopped caring about what the mainstream sports media has to say, especially the Islanders media cartel. They want to please people and um, you know, and to not tell the truth what actually is going on. We suck. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. 
there's nothing wrong with telling people the truth. Yeah. Yes, it, it, we're going to have to rebuild. Stay with us. The Rangers did it. They sent out that they sent out the letter to their season ticket holders. The people were pissed, but you know what? At least they knew that they were in for a little bit of pain. This, I keep on telling people when Lamarillo came in, that's what he should have done. They didn't do it. Now you're in the boat you're in now. Mm-mm-mm. I tell you, I tell you, it's something grumpy. It's definitely something. Um, and David D says here, uh, you close your if you're close to retirement, come play for the Islanders. That's an advertisement that needs to be taken out in Newsday. You remember when we, they put up the uh, the billboard? They raised the funding for the billboard and put the billboard up. Man, oh man, you talk about the Islander fan base. They're you got to love them. You got to love them. Yeah. Um, Brett W says the New York Islanders are the are the Ooh. century village Ooh. of the NHL. It's an old folks home. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and he says the best offensive uh, move may have been buying out first line uh first line wing Leo Komarov. That's true. I forgot about that. We did also add Leo Komarov who was a first You know how you know you want to know how you know that Leo Komarov was a non-entity on this team as much as they try to pump him. Do you even think about him anymore ever? No. He doesn't I, even cross my thought, which is a good thing. I I'm, I'm like, "Oh yeah, Leo Komarov played on this this year he was playing for us." What? He played for us the beginning of this year, did he not? No, he didn't. No, uh-uh. Okay, he was, I thought he was still uh, with the team early in the year. Might not have played, but I thought he was still on the roster. Uh, I think he didn't even – I think out of camp he was just gone. Okay, but he was with the Holy team. Shit, no, he did play one game for us this year. Okay. Oh, I, my God. Bill Kompnoff played for us this year. That's what I said. I thought he played for us. I mean, not a whole – before he was bought out. It seems like he was bought out, you know, three or four years ago. Wow. Wow, I totally had forgotten about that. Holy crap. Jared says, oh, Bellows is ass. Oh, oh disagree. Disagree. He, here's the thing. You talk about guys who were like real difference makers. Bellows isn't one of those. No. Bellows is a guy who could be a solid NHLer. I'm not saying he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but he's a guy who could. We have a lot of guys who are solid NHLers. Bellows makes pennies, and we pay a guy who is a solid NHLer $7 million a year. Joseph, she said, did you guys see the Yankees fan uh, fans throwing shit on the field at Cle- at the Cleveland Guardians players after they won today? Classy stuff. Yeah, I mean, come on, Yankees fans. Be better than that, please. Do better than that. Oh, and Zampa also let us know. Thank you there, Zampa. Uh, New York Rangers, Mike says, guys, beat Carolina at UBS. Kind of hoping we... Oh, lose. look at the Rangers fans are rooting for the Islanders. Isn't that interesting? You guys are on Pittsburgh? What? I said they don't want Pittsburgh, I guess. Well, technically, it could be the Capitals, either Pittsburgh or the Capitals. I mean, so one or the other. Um, George P., I will check that Facebook message. Um, Paulo C. said, uh, my sincerest condolences uh, to Gila Floor family. Um, he won the Art Ross, the Lester B. Pearson Trophy, three straight years. Won the Hart Trophy, two straight years. And in 76-77, won four trophies, including the Conn Smythe. He was great. He was really, really good. I mean, man, Guy Lafleur was something else. I, I got I, who? Did he, I think he played with Jacques Lemaire and uh, Steve Shutt. I don't know who the center was, but I think Steve Shutt. I used to call him Steve Shit. I think they were both on the same line. I can't remember who the center was, but I want to say Jacques Lemaire. They were man, what a line! They were really man. Those Montreal teams. Back in the seventies, the mid seventies, they were really, really good. Steve shit. That's what you used to call him back then. Steve huh? shit. Yeah. 
Actually, my dad started calling that, and I just adopted it. Oh, man. He was good, though, too. Steve Shutt was good, too. He scored yeah, a lot of goals for Montreal. I'm going to try to zoom in on this because this is hard to see here, George, but let's see. Um, this could be a funny one. Let's see this little screenshot he sent us. Uh, oh, uh, my God. Um, help wanted, it says, seeking past their prime old slow players for the 2022-2023 season. Are you at the tail end of your career looking for a relaxed, easy environment where results aren't important or penalized, where, can, where you can expect high pay and low expectations? Well, the New York Islanders might be the right fit for you. After a disappointing 2021-2022 campaign, the New York Islanders are looking to continue the you can't have enough old, slow, and overplayed players on your team philosophy. Some of the benefits of joining the Islanders include being a member of the veteran first team where speed, scoring, and results are not required. Relax knowing that uh, you can make many mistakes, as many mistakes as you want, without fearing about being benched uh, by a talented up-and-coming youngster. Uh, being given or be given a long, lengthy, overpaid contract and expect a full no trade clause. Uh, I like it, George. I'll tell you, that's not too far off from being true. Oh, man. George P. also saying Barzal is gone. Um, and rolling a four, laughing my ass off. Do you think Josh Bailey is working on 20 goals? That's what he's working for. No, probably not. Nick, he, won't even, he won't even get 20 shots on goal. He won't even take 20 shots the rest of the season. I was about to say in four games, no, for certain he won't. Absolutely not. Nick D says, Matt Barzal is not happy. Um, it all comes down to one question, Barzal or Barry. I can see Barzal is tired of playing for, at a, for a retirement home. He wants to play hockey, not this bullshit Barry system. True. But You'll find out a lot this offseason. Yes, you will. I feel like we always say that, but yes, we will. JT Martinez said, why did John Tavares leave a multitude of reasons? He wanted to play in Toronto. Wanted to play in Toronto is, I think, the easiest one to That's get it. down to. Um, Drew L says, uh, probably because he wasn't winning and didn't want to play for Barry Trotz. Nah, he just he just didn't want to play. He just didn't want he wanted to play what, in Toronto. What's up, Frank? How are you? Christmas said DeFore and Ratu make the difference next year. Maybe for Bridgeport. Make it eh, I was about to say, maybe for Bridgeport. That's about it. Um, James F saying, I think the downfall of Lee and Barzal is that they're playing hurt and they're not telling anyone that they're hurt. Lee's not hurt. Hmm. And he said classless looking at the end of that Yankees game. Um, Nick D said, uh, you can notice that Barzal can't stand Barry. Neither does Wallstrom and Bellos. If you're a young guy, how could you and with talent? How do you love him? Mike Hoffman wants to know who is the best Islanders coach of all time, Grump. Al Arbor. Al Arbor. Not even close for a second. Um, uh, James F. says, TJ, better shirt this time. Yeah, I wore my button up. I wore my collared shirt, my collared T-shirt. Uh, How long did it take you to put that on today? Probably 15 or 20 minutes. Ridiculous. Maybe longer. Uh, Mike Hoffman also wants to know, uh, with, will the Islanders be good next season? Depending, Probably not. Depending on what they do this offseason. It really depends. No. I'll just go with no. Uh, well, here's the thing. I think they, I think you're a playoff contender if you somehow get Jacob Chikrin. Well, uh, let's save that for next time, right? Let's save it That's until fine. the season's over. I just wanted um, to make sure I took it out of the draw, so I have it at the ready. Are you guys from New York? I am not. Grumpy old man, I believe. It, grumpy old yes, man is. I am from New York. Frank says, um, I didn't get to watch the game one or the the, the game first one I missed all season. 
I recorded it to watch it later, but I have no desire to watch it. <laughs> um, Brian P says Thompson was a first rounder. Okay. And also, so is Tuck and Ocposo as well. That's the one we forgot about. Yep. Okay. Um, Matt Barzal is from Brazil. No, he's from uh, Canada. Um, and uh, Sal P, look at Sal. Look at that. Hold on a second. Holy shit. Look at that, man. Look at Sal P. I've seen Sal P has grown out the beard and he's got the Chad vibes going on now. Look at that. Good in that beard. I'm going to tell you what, that's a good beard for Chad. That's like one of those ones you get at GQ, GQ magazine, one of those type of GQ about magazine that, beards. It almost looks fake because it's so robust. It's very good. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the beard. I, I, I'm not sure I could grow something. He's got the Giga Chad vibes going on. You know what that is, Grumpy? I do not. It's okay. Well, for those of you who have social media and understand, he's got the giga, giga Chad vibes going on, and he's got a freaking he's got a, he's got a grumpy old man, a grumpy's groupie shirt on. He changed it up from the Maggie and Jacks, but he's got the grumpy's groupie shirt. Look at that. He says, "Hey, hey, fellas, our boys are mailing it in." Yep. It's crazy that so many fans think that the road trip that messed up this season. This Ooh, roster no. is terrible. I feel True. like Trotz has ruined Matt Barzal. True again. Um, I give Trotz one more year. If he can't get this turned around, he's got to go, says James F. I think he's got one more year and he's done, period. Doesn't matter what. And even if they win a Stanley Cup, he's done. Because Barzell will not re-sign if Barry Trotz is coach. Won't happen. Mike also asking here, um, but the Islanders went to the conference finals the last two years. Aren't they contender? No, and they weren't even contenders then. He says, are you guys a part of the Hockey Podcast Network? Yes, we are. Um, Paulo C says here, I think that Trotz uh, has to go. He's been affecting Matt Barzal's career with this system. Matt Barzal only has only 45 or 54 points since Trotz or since Trotz Barzal is very average. Um, this year, uh, before Trotz, again, he had the 85 points his rookie season in 82 games. Now, I think that Barry Trotz has helped Matt Barzal become more of a well-rounded two-way player. That said, that should not be the be-all, end-all. You don't want to turn a guy like that into a grinder type who can score. His natural ability is as a creator. Put him with guys who can shoot the puck. Put him with like players, and you'll see his points go up. But that's not what Barry wants, and I think Barzell's frustrated. James F says, Grumpy, you want to trade for first round picks. Okay, do that. You still have to wait four or five years until they develop. Um, so we have to wait uh, that long to be a competitive team. I have no patience for that. Okay, but here's the thing. When your team tanks again and just gets older and then you don't have first round picks, then what are you going to do? You're just prolonging it for another few years. That's all you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. Mike Hoffman says, go Giants. Absolutely. Nick D says here, the only thing holding us back from getting big name free agents is Barry freaking Trotz. I'm not even sure if it's just Barry. We've never signed a big name free agent. Never. Ever. ever. Never. So, you know, I, be it as it may, it could be a lot of different things. It could be, oh, that we're not big market. It could be a lot of different items that are playing into it. Barry, I'm sure, has an impact on it. They used to, we used to make excuses, every excuse under the freaking sun. It used to be because our, our franchise was a laughing stock. That was the biggest item. And now, right, if we don't sign okay. a game free agents, it's okay. Barry Trotz. Do you remember the excuses for that? Every year, same thing. Oh, well, we don't have a great arena. Oh, well, they don't like that we play in uh, Barclays and we play at the college. They don't like that we play in two different spots. We don't have a final home. Oh, they don't like this. They don't like that. It was every freaking excuse under the sun. They don't come. 
because you don't offer them enough money or they just don't want to play for the Islanders. Yep. Simple as that. Yep. Don't, don't overcomplicate. Um, and then Joseph C says here, Lou has never been big on signing significant free agents. Yep. That's true. Um, even going back to his time in Jersey, um, they developed a lot of those devil store stalwarts and acquired players and trades. Remember there wasn't when he was with the devils, particularly early on, there was no free agency. So, you know, he, you were able to build a team through the draft and he was very good at David Conti was the uh, scouting director there. And he was fantastic. I mean, Lamarillo gets a lot of credit for that, but it was David Conti who uh, told them who to draft. Tony Casey saying, TJ talking like there's no one on Long Island that starts drinking before noon on a Saturday. No, I mean, hold on. It happened. Think about it. It's probably about, yeah, it had to be, you're drinking, right? You probably drink it before 11 or 1030 because you're jumping through in the parking lot. You're going to be there. If you're tailgating, that was before the 1230 game time. It's Buffalo. It's like living in Russia or Siberia. Mm. Um, James F said that wrestler's pants got to be at least 30 years old. Who had pants that old? What a loser. Go home. Those Zubats pants. I remember those. Hogue still has a shot, says Frank K. Benoit Hogue. Uh, Brian P. said, we got the wrong Thompson family member. Brent is a garbage coach. Tage is a budding star in Buffalo. Okay, but think about it. Last year and two years ago, you could have said that Tage Thompson was going to be a bust. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Because he hadn't done it. But power forwards take longer to develop. That's why you don't give up on them when they're 21, 22 years old. They take longer to develop. Now, he's a big kid, but you he's really blossomed this year. He's been tremendous. He played, remember, when remember when he was originally traded in that 2017-2018 year, that offseason with St. Louis, right? He had played 41 games for St. Louis at that time period, had three goals and six assists. Uh, not great. And even the A, right? Played 30 games in the A, had 18 points. That doesn't scream ultra successful. In his first year in Buffalo, right? Uh, 65 games played for Buffalo. Seven goals, five assists. Not great in 2018, 19, and even 2019, 2020. He was in freaking Bridgeport. He was in, how he was in, he was in EA for the majority of the season. Almost averaged about a point a game there in Rochester, but didn't really do anything on the, on the Buffalo roster. Last year, 2020, 2021, 14 points in 38 games. This year, 67 points in 76 games. So, you know, will he be able to keep up at that hot, at that hot stretch? Will he be able to continue on that path? It's always the question. Um, Right, they moved out the veterans and let the younger guys play. It's amazing what happens, right? Uh, okay. Brett W. says here, I'll let you read that, Grump, and I'll be right back. My God, where the hell is he going now? He just peed two minutes ago. Speaking of that alumni, alumni game, how is Pierre Turgeon not in the Hall of Fame? He's got over 500 career goals and was a great player. I think he struggles for the fact that his team's never won anything. I think that's the biggest issue with Pierre Turgeon. I always thought he was really good. Um, you know, but with Buffalo, they never won anything. He came to the Islanders. They came, they got to the semifinals one year. Um, and then I think he bounced around. I think he went to Montreal. I don't think they won anything there. I think that's the reason why, uh, uh, he's not in the hall of fame, but he certainly was supremely talented without a doubt. I don't know if he was the first pick of the draft or the second pick of the draft when he was eligible, but I know he was really highly rated. Um, that's the reason why that happens. I just see James Farrell puts out a comment that says, just finished watching Better Call Saul uh, the last season, the first two episodes. Um, oh, yes. Okay, so you've watched this year as well. 
I am really interested, uh, James, I watch that show religiously. Uh, it's on AMC every Monday night. And I'm interested to see what happens with Kim on that show. I think she's going to meet her demise at the end. She's getting a little, she's kind of going out there doing some challenging things. She probably wouldn't. And you see uh, Jimmy uh, kind of not feeling comfortable with it, but he's not telling her not to do it. I think she's going to wind up getting whacked somehow. Shooters Buck, Shooters Buck Hockey says that alumni game is at the Islanders practice facility. Fun fact, played there a couple times as well. Honestly, it had better ice than UBS Arena. There you go. Okay, so the ice isn't good. Maybe it was smooth, but the ice is better other places. The NHL ice is all must be great surfaces, but uh, you don't like to hear that. Um, Frank K saying uh, some players uh, were at Northwell Health uh, workers. Uh, both goalies were. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, there you go. Drewell says the Cleveland Guardian season is about to go as well as their team store um, sign falling down to the ground. Oh, man. Watch you decide says I was at the alumni game. It was fun. The NHLers were barely playing because uh, they were playing some yeah Northwell hockey league players and uh, they were trying to include them in the game. The two goalies are former were not former NHLers. Pierre Turgeon still looks smooth out there. I mean, that must have been a fun event to watch. And it had to be honestly, it had to be fun for the guy for the uh, ex NHLers to play as well. Oh, yeah. Dimitri P said. Do you think Martin makes this team next season because he's abs uh, because he absolutely doesn't deserve to? He's ass. I don't know. He shouldn't. Uh, he's still got two more years left on his deal, so who knows? But he shouldn't. He shouldn't be out there at all. If healthy, your fourth line to start the year will be Matt Martin, Casey Zekas, Cal Clutterbuck. If healthy, right? If all those, you're going to see the same exact line out there. Just same, same. Everyone is signed. Everyone on that team is signed for next year. Who are they going to move? Anthony Bavillier. Why? Because he's young and other teams like young players. I. It's just, it's terrible. We're in mm. trouble. James F. says here, uh, hot day in Pittsburgh today, guys. I'm going to do something I hadn't done Ooh. in 10 years is wash my own car. Wow. Jared says here, they had elite talent. We have average talent. Uh, Jared also saying here, with a 10-game losing streak in the middle um, of the year, of the year, right? yes. ten game losing streak in the middle of the year, eight game losing streak at the end. How do you keep your job? Yep, eight. You, I mean, how do you keep your job? Good question. Only an Islander kingdom, an Islander country, do you keep your job? Brett W says here, Garth Snow still works for the Islanders. No uh, way. If they fire Lou Lamarillo in the season, no. maybe he can go back to that job. Well, I'm going to tell you what. They could put Garth in as interim GM. He would never lose a hockey trade, and he would never trade away a first-round pick. That much I guarantee you. Uh, Scott L says here, lose replacement better not be his son, Chris. No, I don't think Fredo. so. His name is Fredo. Um, Drew L says here, who knew that not getting KD and Kyrie was a blessing in disguise? And sorry, Grump. Uh, ironically, Adam Pellick over to the left is too alpha for you. They must be talking about you. Oh, holy shit, Drew. Mm, Drew Remember how bald he looks? <laughs> Drew throwing shots over here at me. Oh, man, he's calling me Adam Pellick. He's calling me Adam Pellick. Oh, Drew, don't get me started. New York Rangers. Mike says here, Josh Bailey is a range killer. A ranger killer. Um, seems like he scores all the time in the games against the Rangers. 
Mm. Um, maybe you should trade for Josh Bailey. I think that would be a wise move for the Rangers. Yeah, that sounds great. I think just one of your young guys and take Josh Bailey. Yeah, why not? Um, JK here says, can we please pull the plug? As the song goes, wake me up when September ends. Oh, we found something else you can't do. Oh, fuck you. I did. I, at first, I was, I was, I was singing, "Wake me up before you go, go." And then I looked at the second words. I'm like, "Well, holy crap! I probably should have read the comment all the way through before I started reading." Um, rest in peace, rest in peace to the great flower. Yep. Josh Bailey looks like a god at Top Golf. I'm sure he does. He used to get a lot of practice in the offseason. He'll be get a lot of practice at Top Golf this year. Um, David D says here, uh, do you guys see us trading for Philip Forsberg? I don't see us. Tra- I don't even see us signing him in the off season. Nope. Nope. No way. You know, they say hockey trades. They don't say free agents, hockey trades. Oh man. Oh man. I'll tell you. Um, why would and- he sign? Why would he sign with the Islanders? Because he likes Barry Trotz. Cause he played. He doesn't football. like, who does he like Barry Trotz? Here's the thing. That would be the only reason he would sign for us if you like Barry Trotz. We're going to know real soon. Either he was always penciled in to come to us or he had no interest from the start because Barry knows whether they got along well or not. Simple as that. We that have no mean, idea. That doesn't mean you're going to sign with somebody because you like the coach who was there in your rookie year. If you if you pay him the money, right, if the money's there and you say, okay, I liked playing for him as a coach, I liked him as my coach, I want to go there, I couldn't imagine that's the situation he's in. But maybe he had a great relationship as a young player with Barry Trotz. You bring a free agent in, they play. Here, Here's the other thing. You're signing a guy who's had a career year and a contract season. Who's that sound like for the Islanders? Had a career year. Who, Grumpy? Brock Nelson, right? What? No. He's had a career year. Holy shit. I said you signed a guy who's having a career year and a contract season. I heard what That's you not said. not Brock Nelson. I heard what you said. How was that Brock Nelson? Brock oh. Nelson's actually played a career year after he signed a contract. Okay. That, don't worry about it. Your That's hatred enough. for him is it's it's infecting Grumpy. I just it's said who, who else had a career year this year? Brock Nelson. That's all. Uh, Brian K saying Boston playing well at the right time for certain they are a lot of these playoff teams are starting to pick up play what a shock they don't start letting their foot off the gas to say oh we've made the playoffs we're going to rest up our players yep. <laughs> um, and uh, Frank saying I still can't believe we went from um, from game seven last year to this nightmare it's surreal okay are you ready? Are you ready? Just are you ready? Just to end the podcast. That's fine. But Jake, no, here saying, I just I don't want I don't want to be too negative. I don't want to be too negative. Okay, gotcha. You're taking that. If you have nothing nice to say at all, don't say that's it. right. I do Which not I, want to be too negative. I was like, damn, you're running me short. Do you want me to read through the comments or not? I didn't know if you wanted to wrap no. things up. Jake K saying, uh, September 2025. That is it. What is that from? Is that like a callback to something? No, that's when he said, Go wake me up uh in next September. 2025. Oh shit. Oh, gotcha. I get it. I get it. I like it, Frank. Um, Joseph okay, that C wasn't says, Frank. That was Jake. I'm sorry, Jake. I'm sorry, Jake. Joseph C says here, I'm still disappointed that the idiots James Dolan fired Gordon um and John Davidson. Gordon was a very good player development guy, and Davidson was a very good in Columbus and St. Louis. 100 percent agreed, but look at the success they've had. I'm not saying Drury is great. But they've done pretty good with with the new GM. 
Yeah, Frank was shocked that the Rangers did that. So was I. I remember we were both shocked. Drew Ellis says here, the Islanders team kind of reminds me of the Titanic. Uh, we're sinking now, uh, but sooner or later, with Barry and Lou around, uh, we'll sink below water sooner rather than later with the dignity of this franchise. Now, they brought dignity back to the franchise. They we did. had dignity when we were here. So They did. Mm. Right now they're right now they're playing, you know. They had the guys on there like the little uh, like band or whatever the hell. Oh, there it is, the band Frank playing as it sinks. That's what it's like right now. Lou the is quartet. playing. We're gonna double down. Mm. Uh, Apollo says here, uh, TJ. I agree with Grumpy. Lou will not get fired during the season or at the end of the season unless he steps down himself. Lou will never get fired, period, because he's a Hall of Fame general manager. Oof. True. My God, no. True. No! I feel like Michael Scott when he's got that little clip. Oh, God, no. No! When he finds that Toby's back. Um, Apex Legend says, as long as Lou and the Armadillo are here, the Islanders are losers. We're uh, not going to be getting better. That's for certain. Drewell says, all I know is Tage Thompson would put up 67 points with Barry Trotz. That's for Absolutely. sure. He'd lead the team in points if he put up 67. I mean, Tate, no. Yeah, no way. Absolutely right there. Um, and then uh, James F. says, I agree with Grumpy. I think Kim is going to get whacked. 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 And I don't know who Kim is. From, but... uh, from Better Call Saul. Oh, Jesus. Um, it's all jokes, TJ. I love you, brother. Rest in priest. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, oh, damn. Is he calling me bald as a priest? Um, Jake K says here, I don't care what happens moving forward. I just want the Rangers to lose. I think of myself as a rational, tax-paying citizen of the country, but the thought of the Rangers winning makes me go freaking crazy. I'm worried about Jake out in San... I think he lives in San Diego, and I'm worried about him now. Oh, why is that, Grump? I'm just worried. I don't want to see his life go into tab uh, into a total tailspin as long as the Rangers keep winning. Here's the thing: the Rangers are not winning the cup. Their defense is just. Uh, They've been really good defensively as of late, though. I know they lost to Boston today. Look at look at look at what you just sent me. Rest in priest. I guess he's looking at a bald spot on my head. Going rest in <laughs> priest. Look at this. Look at this, Drew. Oh man, oh man. Um, and uh, he said, "Okay, set yourself up for this one, but check the DMs." Yeah. Um, and then uh, New York Rangers Mike says here, but Trotz played that system uh, with the Capitals and they won a cup. Yeah. It took them five years where they were winning President's Trophies every year, getting knocked out by Pittsburgh every single year. The one year they don't, uh, everyone kind of bought in. He's had to play the younger guys because they knew he was gone at the end of the year. It's the only reason he played the younger players. And they played an expansion team in the finals. It's the only reason he won. Well, the, the, and the team didn't want him back. That's the most important thing. The, the Capitals did not want him back. They let him walk. The only reason he won with that system, right? He struggled to get past Pittsburgh, but he had Hall of Fame players on that team. True. We have zero of those type of players here. None. None. And if not you know, a one. your system to be successful requires Hall of Fame caliber players to be on the team, we just don't have that. And he also says here, maybe Anders Lee is not injured. If maybe if Anders Lee was not injured last year, the Islanders score some power play goals and beat Tampa. Um, the Islanders beat, they would beat Montreal and the cup. They were never beating Tampa. That's a lot never. of ifs and buts. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think they're beating Tampa. Frank C says here, Garth learned from Madman Mike what not to do. True. Uh, David E says, I think Tarasenko now stays with St. Louis. 
Yeah. He says, do you think Tarasenko now stays with St. Louis next season? Yes, I do. I think he's happy. I think he's scoring goals and winning games, and that makes him yep. happy. James F. said, how come no one here is talking about how bad uh, KC had been every other season? Another player got signed and did nothing all year. Casey Zizekas. Is that oh, who it is? Because Casey is another guy they shouldn't have re-signed. You don't sign fourth fourth line grinders to six-year deals. Just don't do it. Don't. Yeah. And yeah, we were missing him in the playoffs last year, but again, he doesn't make the difference and win us a cup or win us that series against Tampa. I thought Tampa was the better team by a country mile. Um, and again, <laughs> Uh, Paulo C says Pierre Turgeon just might be in the Hall of Fame one day because sometimes it takes years. Like, do you know Cicerelli? Um, he finished with uh 608 goals and 592 assists, 1200 points in 1232 games. He only made the, the Hall of Fame in 2010. Dino Cicerelli. Oh man, a oh, man, I tell you, Grumpy, we're here at the end of today's podcast. What do you want to say before we wrap things up? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Well, I want to say, obviously, thank you, Grumpy Old Man, for being a part of the podcast as always. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, I know these time periods are hard and rough for Islander fans. At least we only have four games to suffer through. We'll be going live this Tuesday during the Islanders game. We'll be going live also on the last Islanders game against Tampa on Friday. So make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of that. Make sure you like on Facebook and follow on Twitter. Again, we'll be going live tomorrow on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man where we talk all things sports, and it's just a fun atmosphere. That is in the link in the description below. It's also as a featured page on YouTube. You can go to our YouTube channel. It's a featured page. Make sure you subscribe and check out that show tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you, Grumpy Old Man. My pleasure.